1: There's going to be a lot of passing. The track looks absolutely superb. Just lining up on the grid, tension is in the air. And just as I'm saying that, the number 28 truck is completely
2: sideways, almost 45 degrees through Graham Hill men there.
3: And Morgan in the red golf there has uh, just got it crossed up. It's
4: still 5.15, the European champion, Ricky Walden Jr. Who heads the pack. He forced one onto the grass, on the cross, incredible. And then 4-1 oh, right behind the breaking line. It's going to be down to the line. Genta's got him. Genta's got Burley on the line unbelievable
1: this is race day live on downforce radio brought to you by stopwatchhospitality.com
3: hi i'm matt neal you're listening to downforce radio
1: downforce radio this is race day live
5: Hello and welcome back to Donington Park's BRSCC Finals. It's M- Mazda MX-5 Championship time. Jake Sanson in the commentary box for the entire weekend's racing. And boy, have we got a good one on our hands here. Race two of the day is for Group A and it's race one. Sam Smith and Brian Chandler on the front row of the grid with Ben Short and Stuart Simmons on row two. Martin Tolley and Richard Braylander on row three from Gary Hufford and James Harris with Ben Tuck and Simon Baldwin rounding out the top ten. Championship contender Darren Lewis lines up on row six beside Simon Woods, with Simon Goddard and Paul Bishop on row seven, Paul Tucker and Adam Bessel are on row eight, Courtney Mills and Clive Poles are on row nine, with Paul McGuire and Paul Bateman on row 10, Oliver Allwood and Michael Fisk, Roger Chesno and John Hughes, Chris Hart and Kevin Brent, Adam Craig and Harry Dean, and Joshua Jackson and John Cockburn-Evans are lining up on the grid in formation now. Let's remind you of what is at stake here this weekend. It is of course the final round of the Mazda MX-5 Championship for 2015 and there are five drivers who can take the championship this weekend. Darren Lewis and Sam Smith tied on points for 12.44, Brian Chandler on 12.36, Ben Tuck on 12.21 and Simon Baldwin on 12.16. It really couldn't be any closer with five different drivers in the hunt and the leading two tied for points even after drop scores. So we should get the green flag at the back of the grid any moment now. The green flag waves and we're ready to go. The five-second ball goes up. We're waiting on the starting gantry for racing to get underway. Keep an eye on Smith and Chandler, Short, Simmons, Tolly, Braylon. We're about to go racing in Group A for the first time this weekend. We are ready for action and we're racing. Good start from second on the grid from Brian Chandler. He's going to get the initial jump and try and chop the nose of Sam Smith. And it looks as though he's going to squeeze in just enough to get the job done. Yes, he does. On the run to Redgate, it's from second on the grid, Brian Chandler, who pops into the lead through the first corner for the first time. So very good start there for him. And as they make their way through Redgate for the first time, it looks as if we've got a little bit of grass tracking on the outside as a couple of drivers just run to the gravel a little bit on the exit. But I think we're A-OK in terms of clean starts. So run down the crane of curves. And on towards the old hairpin for the first time. And as they continue on round, it's going to be a long run up to McLean's once again, as we know. But it's going to be very, very tough indeed as they make their way up the hill. It's three wide nearly for the lead as there's a great battle. Short, it looks like he's trying to cut through and get into the lead. But Chandler's still holding on round the outside for second position. That is a bold move. Very audacious on the first lap. And he has made that stick round the outside, an absolutely cracking overtake and still trying to keep it there. Round the outside of Coppice, absolutely sensational driving in the first part of the race then on this first lap. And already there is some absolutely cracking overtakes in this first lap. Down the back straight and things are going very well indeed. A very tidy battle at the moment. Down to Goddard's for the first time and it looks as though Chandler has just held on to the initial lead as they come out of Goddard's for the first time. Here comes Sam Smith who's back in his second position. He gets a brilliant run and Smith takes the lead back. In fact Chandler is now getting very frustrated. He seems to have missed his his gear shift I think and that's what's held him up. So down the straight they all come battling once again. And into that first corner, Smith is your leader, Charles the second, short third from Braylon, Tolly, Baldwin, Harris, Tuck, Lewis up to ninth from Hufford in 10th position. And the man who's on his own at the back is, uh, I think that is Nairai, who's uh, down in the back of the field. Uh, Sorry, no, it is Craig. So Craig is there uh, down at the back. More drivers going off then at the first corner at Redgate. Uh, That is just uh, running wide, I think, rather than an actual end to somebody's race. We'll have to double check that, but uh, it looks to me at the moment as though we have uh, a slight hiccup there. So the driver's just making their way through on this first lap of, uh, first couple of laps of racing, I should say. Chandler now with uh, short right on his tail, but Sam Smith has made the break and he's now trying to pull away. I know a couple of the drivers have actually been uh, down to the P1 sim race uh, down, in the, uh, <laughs> down in the Donington Suite to try and gain a little bit of extra track time. So uh, everybody wanting to get a little bit more out of this weekend than perhaps is necessary and it's certainly showing going into this race down to the braking zone for Goddard. And we've already got a good battle for fifth position side by side. And Darren Lewis, I think that is, trying to step up. He has. Good move there from Lewis. He's up to fifth position now. And he needed to make that stick because his main championship rival, Sam Smith, of course, is in fifth position and they're dead level for points. So whoever outscores the other this weekend is going to be the champion, unless the other three can get in there as well. And there's a fantastic scrap behind for about four cars. It's uh, Brayland. Tuck, Tucker and Lewis, they're all scrapping away for position. And it looked to me as though Lewis just managed to hold on to that sixth position. But it isn't half close, I tell you. Absolutely cracking battle so far from Group A. Down towards the old hairpin and then up through Starkey's. On the climb towards McLean's, they'll go through flat right. And then they'll hit the braking zone uphill. They've got to time it absolutely to perfection. or the cars behind will just streak past. And Smith is your leader from and Short. Baldwin is there in fourth position and Lewis has dropped the train. No, he hasn't. My apologies. Lewis has been backed up. So he's now down to seventh position again. So Darren Lewis is down in seventh place. It's advantage Sam Smith at the moment in terms of the championship fight because he is leading and with his main rival Darren Lewis down in seventh position, it looks good for him to take the championship lead after this race. There is, of course, two more races to go. So there's a long way left in this battle But what a sensational start for Sam Smith. He took the pole position. He lost the initial lead to Chandler. Now he's got it back again, and he's trying to increase that lead, while Darren Lewis is stranded at the moment in seventh position, stuck behind Tuck as he tries to battle through. And that's not going to be easy because Ben Tuck is currently fourth in the points, only 23 back from Lewis in the points table. So it's going to be very difficult to try and take on his championship rival and beat him in a fair fight. But if anybody's going to be able to get the job done, it's Darren Lewis, former stock car and banger racer, of course, back in the day. So Smith, Chandler, Short, Baldwin, Harris, Tuck, Lewis, Braylon, Tucker, and Goddard is your order in the top 10 at the moment. And the fastest man on track is the 14. They're in third position, doing a great job so far. It is, of course, Short, who has done an absolutely cracking job from third on the grid. He's third in the race, and he is the fastest man on a 125.400 On that last lap, so he's uh, there neatly in third position. Where is Lewis? Still stuck behind Ben Tuck. He is not uh, giving him any opportunity to get through, and that is causing a real headache to Darren Lewis, who is now 5.1 seconds back from the race leader, Smith. So even if he does get through, he's got 14 and a half minutes to try and find five seconds, and that is not easy in these cars. He's gonna have to work very hard indeed. So it's roll the sleeves up time now, Darren. You've really got to get these skates on. Out in front, Smith, Chandler, and Short still running well in first, second, and third. Here they come out of Goddard's and down the main straight once again. So Smith trying to extend that advantage. Chandler in second, Short, third. Baldwin and Harris. Then it is Tuck and Darren Lewis. Looking a little bit further back, it's a side-by-side battle for eighth position. That is Brayland and Tucker going hammer and tongs. And it looks as though they're both going to squeeze each other up. The inside, Darren Lewis is going to get Ben Tuck. At uh, Redgate, it looked as if Tuck just drifted a little bit sideways on the braking zone at Redgate, just drifted a little bit wide, and it looks to me as though Darren Lewis is going to make that crucial overtake to get into sixth position. That really is a do-or-die manoeuvre, and he needed to get that done there and then. Great battles all the way through this field, including down to the back. We've got a five-car squabble for 23rd between Milnes, Maguire, Chesno, Cochrane-Evans, and Dean And they're absolutely romping around. Joshua Jackson is right on the tail of them as well. So there's about five or six cars in that scrap. Absolutely sensational stuff in the early stages of this race. 13 on the clock. And Smith Chandler Short is the order with Sam Smith setting a new fastest lap. Ed Short has got through in his second place. Short has made the move on Chandler. And he's creeping up towards Sam Smith. It's game time, folks. Here they come. Down the back straight. Past the museum. And it looks as though Short has got a good run on Sam Smith here. Smith is trying to defend to the inside line. It's almost going to be three wide down to the breaking zone. Short sticks it on the inside line. Smith is down to second, up to the leaders, Chandler. And Smith is desperately trying to come through, but now he's going to get boxed in. And here comes Baldwin. Baldwin's going to move it to third position. So Smith is down to fourth place. Down to the breaking zone. They almost bang doors on the run down the straight as Lewis again battles with Tuck. It's three wide for second as Short shoves it to the inside. And Smith is there in third position now. So he's gained back some ground. Absolutely sensational! And further back, we've got a three, a two-way tussle, three-way tussle, sorry, for eighth, uh, ninth position between Tucker and Woods. And then we've got three men across the line practically together in uh, all, uh, Godard, Allwood, and Bessel. Fisky's right in that lot as well. So some great battles from the front of the field to the back. It is absolutely monstrous once again in the Mazda MX-5 Championship. It's been like this since day one of the season up at Silverstone. I was absolutely enthralled to be on the Woodcote commentary box then. And now, looking over the Donington circuit once again, it's like no time has passed at all. Chandler, Short, Baldwin, Smith, Harris, Lewis, Tuck, Braylon, Tucker and Tolly as they came across the line in the top ten. But give it just the three or four seconds and it will change rapidly. So down the straight again, out of copies, down the straight. This is where you go up through the gears. You have to position yourself so carefully down the straight. You have to have defensive position, but you also need to hit your braking spot absolutely perfectly, and the top three men are still squabbling for position. Sam Smith trying to get back on terms with Short. The back end steps out for Chanda out of the turn, and it's now a five way scrobble for victory. So it is gonna be absolutely crucial to get every single gear change, every single braking point, every single turn in point, absolutely to perfection for the rest of this dozen minutes or so. So Chandler Shaw, Smith, Baldwin, Harris, Tuck is still holding his own in front of Lewis. So Darren Lewis is down in seventh position and there's not a lot he can do about it with Ben Tuck right in front of him. Down the straight again and side by side, door to door, going very well. That is the 77 and 105 of Chesno and Cockburn Evans towards the back and they're almost pushing each other to the grass on the inside line as they tuck in, and they're just passed right round the outside. That is absolutely incredible. A nice little move there from Jackson, who manages to get past both of them while they're squabbling to the inside line. Fair enough, chaps. You keep racing. I'm going to go for it. And up to the inside line. That is a very tricky move to pull off. Looks like Shorty's going to get caught up there.
4: Oh, that was close.
5: Still battling. I think we've lost a couple of these guys at the front, you know. There was five. Now there's only three. And a couple of them have drifted back into the likes of uh, Tuck and Lewis. I wonder, have the top five got a little bit too close for comfort? And are we missing a couple? Because there certainly seems to be now uh, less than five in the battle for victory. There's a black and white flag going out. It is for the 23. That is Tolly. So it it looks to me as though the man who started all the way down, of course, in uh, P5, Martin Tolley, is the one who's been given the warning flag for that. And Tuck and Lewis have got themselves in amongst that little scrap. Harris is uh, up down to sixth position. Tuck and Lewis are through to fourth and fifth. Where is uh, Sam Smith? Sam Smith in the 31 is now down behind this lot. So all of a sudden, the pendulum has shifted. Sam Smith is not going to get more points now. It's going to be Darren Lewis... Who's gonna get more points? Although in front of both of them, of course, is Brian Chandler, who is leading the race. And this is absolutely heaven sent for Chandler. He is only a few points behind these two, eight to be precise. So it looks as though he's gonna gain big ground on both Lewis and Smith. So Chandler is not done yet. Absolutely incredible. He's out in front and pulling away from Short and Baldwin who are scrabbling it out for second position. This is the break that the 76, Brian Chandler, really wanted to get. And he is absolutely large and in charge at the moment as they make their way through Coppice for the eighth time. Chandler has got the lead here on Short, Baldwin, Tuck, Lewis, Harris, Smith and Brayland with Tolly and Woods rounding out the top ten. And it is a big moment in the championship for Brian Chandler. He's got a break of 1.6 and that could be enough to win this race and score big in comparison to Darren Lewis and Sam Smith. If they come to the chicane, final turn, and Chandler has got a good advantage. Now, we've got some cloud cover coming in overhead. Now, that's really going to spice things up here today. Donington Park, I don't think we'll get any raindrops before the end of this race, but it's definitely going to cause some problems if they decide to do so. So, the clouds are thinking about breaking overhead as we've got a great battle on track still. Chandler, Short, Baldwin, Tuck, Lewis, Harris, Smith, Braylon, Tolly, and Bishop rounding out the top ten. Down the straight, looks like Allwood's going to make the move on Goddard. As they make their way through, Goddard holds the inside line. Allward's going to try and come round the outside at Redgate to try and go right the way round the outside. That's brave. And Goddard slams the door firmly shut in his face. Allward goes for the carting switchback move there and tries to get back on the inside through Hollywood. He might just have an opportunity to make that stick. But Chandler out in front, he's actually extended the gap to 1.7. So he's actually moving ahead of Short and Baldwin now. Tuck is on the back of this queue now. Lewis is desperately trying to keep the 37 of James Harris at bay, and that's really going to cause him problems because he needs to really get rid of Harris and start to close up on these three once again. Now, I wonder, is there rain to the far side of the circuit because there's a couple of drivers going very wide on the exit of Coppice. Certainly on turning, a lot of the cars are starting to look very loose, and the clouds have come in very rapidly. So I don't know whether that's going to be a slight bit of drizzle towards the end of this race. A big wobble from the front there as the number nine goes sideways. Uh, sorry, the 14 goes sideways. That is short. So through the second place has gone Baldwin. Through to third has gone Tuck. Lewis has got him on the run now as well. Dives for the inside line. Is he going to make it stick this time? Oh, yes, he just gets it back. So short, he's back through on Ben Tuck. Very nice move there for third position. But it's looking likely... That we may get a bit of a squabble as down the main straight. It's almost four wide on the run to the first corner there. A great little scrap between uh, Powell's, Bessel, Hughes and Bateman. Only about 33 thousandths of a second between three of them as they came across the line. Bateman trying to pop in. He can't quite make the move on any of them. But that is less than a tenth of a second between three cars as they came across the line. Absolutely door to door. Back on the inside as Baldwin tries to shut the door on Short. There's not much in it as Short and Tuck are trying to close up on him towards the breaking zone for Coppice. Chandler out in front has lost big time on this lap because these three are helping each other forward. And we've got enough for Coppice. Somebody has gone into the gravel there at Coppice Corner. And I think it was one of the big three. I think that might be Short that's gone. If it's not Short, it's definitely Tuck. It was one of the white machines in third or fourth place. Well, have a look as they come through. Is it the three that's there, or is it the 14? Well, whoever hasn't come through, I think it's Short that's gone. It is. It's Ben it's Short that's gone. The championship, right, the championship contender, the 14, Ben Short, has gone off a Coppice. I think he has managed to get it back onto the circuit again, but he's lost a huge amount of time. Sam Smith is now your fastest man. He did a 124.3 compared to everybody else who is on 126s and 7s at the moment. Where is the 14 of short? He's gone through, actually. He's gone through in 12th position, tucked up behind Tucker and Woods. So he has recovered, but that's a huge amount of time lost, and he spent a good uh, 15 seconds or so trying to get the car back on. So that is any chance of winning this race gone. He may still have a chance for the other two, but that is game over at the moment in terms of uh, race victory for Ben Short. And that is such a shame because he was really going strong. But this battle of second position is getting very tight up at the top. We'll try and see afterwards with the drivers as they come in uh, just how well these guys are going. But we've got a black and white flag again. Now, who is that for this time? Trying to see the board. Looks as though the number ends in a four. Now, is that going to be The 44 of Bishop, or is that going to be the 14 of Short to add insult to injury? Is he going to get a black and white flag for track limits? Well, he's already been off the track. I think that kind of uh, counts as being off track, really. So there's Chandler, way, way out in front now. He's really extended the advantage. Sam Smith's making his move, though. Sam Smith makes the move on the three of Tuck down the straight. He's going to get that move done. And Darren Lewis in the 285 is in amongst that little squabble as well. Fifth position, in fact, Aaron Lewis. So, Smith is third. Lewis is fourth. Ben Tuck is in amongst that little gaggle. Now, who was it that was involved in that one? It was the 14. It was Ben Short that was given a uh, track limits uh, warning there. Well, I'm afraid to say he's already been off the track and uh, completely binned his chances of victory. Going off at Coppice, so that just adds insult to injury. That's like kicking somebody in the ribs when they're already on the floor with a broken ankle. So definitely not going well for Ben Short in race one. He's going to have a lot of homework to do ready for tomorrow. Look at the gap. Chandler has pulled out on the rest up at McLean's as there's a five-car scrap now for second position. Baldwin, Smith, Tuck, Lewis and Harris having an absolutely magnificent, majestic battle. Lewis is through a fourth position now. He's got past Tuck. So Tuck is now into the clutches of James Harris, but Sam Smith is desperately trying to take on the nine of Baldwin, who of course started only 10th position on the grid in this race. He's up to second place now in front of the championship rivals, Smith and Tuck, with Chandler out in front looking to gain big points in this one. So Chandler out in front, he's over four seconds ahead of this lot, who can
7: Continuously battle for position.
5: Here they come. Things looking very good. And the battle for second position. Smith is now there in second. Darren Lewis has dropped to the back of the queue. And he's got damage to his left front. So it looks as if there's been some contact there at some point. But Darren Lewis is now down behind. Well, wait a minute. Sam Smith in the 31 is second on the road. But it appears he is now coming through in sixth position. So I think it looks to me as though Sam Smith has been given a time penalty. So I think Sam Smith has been given a five-second penalty there. And that is definitely going to cause a bit of a hammer blow to his chances. I think a couple of the drivers in the top six have actually been given penalties there. Because Chandler, 5.2 seconds ahead in terms of position on the road. But Sam Smith is second on the road. And he is showing up as sixth place, uh, 9.7 seconds off the lead. Well, that is not the case on the road, but uh, it might well be on the timesheets. Yes, look, four, five car, four cars sorry, have been given penalties for track limits. And a lot of them are amongst the leaders. That's why we're getting confused. The drivers that have been given penalties are Allwood in the 63, uh, the 18 of Pows, and then two cars towards the front, the 105 of Chesno is amongst them and so is the three of tuck now i would argue that the 31 of smith probably has been as well but ben tuck is definitely one of the drivers who's been given a penalty there's sam smith coming through he's second on the road so sam smith comes through and completes the lap but as now darren lewis is at the head of this queue smith is going to drop down below them and so too is tuck So it looks as though both Smith and Ben Tuck have been given penalties, although I think Smith has actually been given a harsher penalty than Tuck has because Tuck's penalty has not been added on unless that's meant to say 31 and not three. I'm sorry, this is not trying to sound confusing, but unfortunately that's the situation we're on. We're in the last lap anyway. And Smith is up to second place on the road. Lewis is up to third on the road, but that's still not confirmed because it looks to me as though... uh, Lewis is showing up on the TSL timing screens as being second place. So we think that the 31 of Smith may have a time penalty. I'm not sure it is the three that's been given a five-second penalty for track limits. I think it's the 31, but uh, TSL is telling us that it is the three. So we'll look and see how the race order comes through. But Chandler is your leader. On the road, it is Sam Smith. And he is catching up a little bit with the race leader, but he's going to run out of time because we're on the last lap. And that's going to be a big chunk into the lead of the two men in front of him. A fantastic drive out of the final turn. It's going to be a victory for the 76 from second on the grid. Brian Chandler is going to take the victory. Checkered flag flies. Chandler wins. And that's a big victory. Smith is second on the road. We look further back. And it's going to be Tuck who crosses the line next. Then Lewis. Then Harris. But Sam Smith is there in uh, second position. He has retained the place apparently. So I think that is because Smith was actually catching the guys, uh, sorry, he was pulling away from the guys behind him and actually managed to extend the gap enough that even with the penalty, it has not caused the problem. So he is going to be classified second place anyway. So Chandler remains first. Smith remains second. Even with that penalty, he is second from Tuck, Lewis, Harris, Baldwin, Short, Tolly, Bishop and Woods. An absolutely fantastic start to the day's action and incredibly close battling, which is exactly what we come to expect from the Master MX-5 Championship, but there's a lot more where that came from. We'll go downstairs and try and grab a word with the 76 of Brian Chandler after an absolutely magic display out there.
8: It could be now a six-car scrap for second place.
1: Someone will go off, someone will make contact. Wow,
3: what a save. This is Race Day Live on Downforce Radio. The Circuit Raceway two amazing indoor kart tracks in one location. But now for the corporate events, stag and hen parties, kids groups and even those wanting to race a Grand Prix. Arrive and drive sessions from just £13 for 15 minutes or Grand Prix's for groups from £35 per driver. Find us at Engineers Park on Babbage Road, Sandycroft in Flintshire. With an easy access to Liverpool, Manchester, Warrington, Cheshire and Shropshire so come race with us or see if you can smash our lap record call now on 01244 531 652 or log on to thecircuit.co.uk the circuit raceway 900 meters of pure fun
9: mission motorsport is run by veterans serving officers and motorsport professionals we are appointed as the combined services official providers of adaptive motorsport seeking wherever possible to merge the activities of the disabled and those in need with able-bodied servicemen and women appointed by the british army motorsport association and operating in direct support of the defense recovery capability mission motorsport provides respite rehabilitation, recreational opportunities and training to those affected by military operations within the frame of motorsport. To support us you can volunteer, fundraise or donate by calling 0333 0338 338. -338. Mission Motorsport Race. Retrain. Recover.
5: Yue, the latest album from Transition, the official Olympic band of Chinese Taipei. Featuring the awesome tracks Take the Night and So Far Away. And the brilliant Here I Am.
7: am.
5: Transition, the official house band for Downforce Radio. Albums available now on iTunes and online at transition.tk.
1: Welcome back to Downforce Radio.
5: Hi, I'm
9: Sam Bird. I race for Virgin Racing, and you're listening to Downforce Radio. The
7: nation's motorsport station.
5: An incredible race in the Mazda MX-5 Championship once again then from uh, Donington Park. And an absolutely thrilling battle all the way through that one. Uh, several drivers not really getting... Uh, the race finish that they would have liked out of it. But uh, we've got uh, a couple of drivers uh, on track at the moment just getting their qualifying run done. That is Alice Hughes in the Mighty Minis, who unfortunately didn't manage to get more than one lap in qualifying earlier on. So uh, problems for her means that she's now out on track at the moment, just uh, completing the compulsory laps before her race starts. I'm not sure, actually, we're going to be able to get to speak to uh, Brian Chandler before... Uh, racing continues we'll have to get that sorted and try and speak to him tomorrow uh, perhaps but uh, we have the HRDC race coming up next which is 45 minutes uh, around the Donington Park circuit and some absolutely fantastic racing that is going to be as well with some great celebrity drivers uh, taking part including touring car stars Rob Gravitt and Steve Soper uh, the man behind the Road to Hell album it is of course Chris Rear he's in the field as well as to is uh, the father of British Touring Car Champion Andy Jordan. Uh, Mike Jordan is in the field as well, and his car is actually the most likely to come through and take the victory, the form his car is in at the moment. So uh, there's a lot to talk about in that 45-minute race. Uh, There are mandatory pit stops, so you're going to see a lot of action down in pit lane. Uh, While that is happening, we'll try and come down to pit lane and see if we can talk to uh, a few of the drivers while the pit stops are actually happening to try and make it a bit more interactive for you uh, listening at home on Downforce Radio and watching Trackside as well here at Donington Park. So uh, plenty of good stuff happening in the next 45 minutes of racing. But uh, there's a lot more action where that came from. We've started the day off with Mazdas. We've given you a bit of a treat in terms of close wheel-to-wheel action. Now you're going to see how racing used to be done back in the good old days with some beautiful vintage machinery from some of the greats of British and European and even American machinery making their way out onto the Donington Park circuit. We'll uh, dash back upstairs and do that, and uh, we'll bring them around to the starting grid very shortly.
7: your name and I saw your face and now I'm blinded by the light I see everywhere.
3: To Downforce Radio. R A D I O. Downforce Radio.
1: This is Race Day Live.
5: Glorious sight overlooking the Donington Park circuit is the HRDC touring greats make their way around on their warm-up lap before 45 minutes of racing. Mike Jordan and Neil Brown line up on the front row of the starting grid in their Austin A40 and A35, respectively. Then it's Jason Brooks and Thomas Butterfield, Austin A40 and Jaguar Mark one Malcolm Harrison's Volvo Amazon and Simon Crompton's Austin A35. David Devine in the Riley 1.5 and Tom Shepard in the Alfa Romeo Giulietta. Matthew Moore in the Austin A40 and Nick Naismith in the A90. And then Les Ely and Ray Sauter in the Jaguar Mark one and Austin A30. An A40 and A35 are next for John Ye and Andrew Allen. Ray Davis in the Austin A40 and Christopher Huntsworth in a similar car from 1959. Mark Gordon in the XK 150 Jag alongside Stephen Miles' A40 Aston. Then John Paulson in the Bonham's Riley 1.5 alongside Tony Shirtcliffe in the A35 Academy car. Julian Grindle in similar car, only a year older, and Ding Boston in the Oxford University Motorsport Run, Riley 1.5. Bruce Chapman's A30 Academy, Barry Louvelle's Triumph Herald Coupe, David Jones in the A35 Academy, is 25th with Mike Koskeller alongside him in the Ford Prefect 107E. Lloyd McNeil is there in the Standard 10 alongside Gavin Watson in the Borg Ward Isabella. Then David Lillywhite in the Austin A35 Academy. Richard Wheelwright's there in the Rover P4. Then Mark Swaffer in the Austin A35 Academy. John Barber in the Fiat Abarth 850 TC. Mark Cross in the Morris Minor Bluebell. John Coates in the Austin A35. James Gibbons in the A35 Academy. Julian Crossley in the gorgeous 1952. Joe Javelin. Tony Hall in the Vauxhall VX490. Joel Hawkins in the Austin A35 Academy. Chris Rhea in the Morris Minor. George Frankel in the Alfa Romeo. Julia Super and Steve Atkinson in the in the mg1100 madge so the cars are making their way down the back straight now as they get themselves ready for racing and the former british touring car star mike jordan on the front of the grid is hoping to disappear into the distance in this one with some absolutely cracking motor racing as we said we'll do our best to get down into the pits when the pit stops are happening to talk to the drivers who are sharing their cars not uh, all of them are of course let's see how the drivers are going to get underway in this 45-minute enduro. It's going to be a rolling start, as we know. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. No, it's not. Sorry, my apologies. It's not a rolling start. It's a standing start. So the drivers bringing themselves to the grid then for this one. Mike Jordan and Neil Brown on the front. Brooks and Butterfield, Harrison and Crompton, Davine and Shepard, Moore and Naismith, Ely and Sauter, Ye and Allen, Unsworth and Gordon, Miles and Paulson, shercliffe and Grindle, Boston and Chapman, Louvell and Jones, Coskella and McNeil, Watson and Lillywhite, Wheelwright and Swaffer, Barber and Cross, Coates and Gibbons, Crossley and Hall, Hawkins and Rear, Frankel and Atkinson. So the drivers then lining up in position on the starting grid. It looks just like 1963 all over again with these cars out there. Most of these cars, of course, uh, are older than my mother, but it is an absolutely incredible sight to see these guys in absolutely fantastic formation. Some of the most beautiful cars ever designed by hand are here on the grid, and that's the crucial word here, by hand. This is way before the days of computer composites. This is when cars were lovingly constructed by hand, on hands and knees, with true British, in most cases, craftsmanship. There are some Italian superstars out there, of course. The Alfa Romeos, in particular, I'm looking at uh, this HrDC touring greats does regularly get to see some American machinery as well. Although there's very few of those in this field, I'm looking. Intru- I'm particularly keen to see the Fiat uh, Bath uh, around the circuit. That's going to be a, a nice little. Uh, uh, car to observe for me john barber starting down in 32nd i'm afraid he is my favorite musician of all time so i will be keeping close eyes on chris Rea as well in the uh, police morris minor and that is actually a former police car it was in service it was active and it is now racing in fact they've even, they've desperately tried to persuade the msa to let them carry a blue siren on the top of it but unfortunately the msa don't seem to like that idea i'm not sure why But uh, yes, (laughs) uh, you can't get away with it being a complete police car. But uh, an absolutely fantastic grid of cars making their way into position. It's going to take quite a while, this one. The only way to uh, spice this up and liven it is if somebody could put a Volkswagen Beetle in the field with 53 Insignia on. And then uh, we could pretty much film uh, a brand new movie uh, with uh, Herbie Goes to Donington Park. That would be a nice one with all the cars around here. It would fit in quite nicely, actually. But the cars are now lining up nicely on the starting grid, with Ford, uh, with sorry, with Austin A40 and Austin A35 on the front row of the grid. Jaguars, Volvos, Rileys, Alfa Romeos, and and uh, Rileys uh, all the way through the grid. Triumph Herald Standard Tens, Borgward Isabella, even in 28th position on the starting grid. I haven't seen that car outside of a museum, let alone on a starting grid at Donington Park. But the drivers are now getting themselves neatly into position. 45 minutes of racing ahead of us in these magnificent beasts. Green flag flies at the back of the field. The, the uh, five-second board goes up above the lights. Lights come on. We're about to go racing in the HRDC touring greats. Let's go. Good start from the Volvo Amazon on the second row of the grid. Uh, Sorry, uh, third row of the grid, I should say. Butterfield trying to move up into the top three as well as he goes side by side there with the man in third on the grid, Jason Brooks. But it looks as though Mike Jordan's going to hold off Neil Brown to the first corner. Very nicely done. Up to the inside, Jason Brooks is going to try and displace Neil Brown and he's done so. Brown's going backwards. So a big problem there for uh, Brown he ends up losing at least two or three places there in the A35. So he's down into about fifth position. But he has got some speed off the turn. And obviously, down the Craner curves, he will get that rhythm back once again. But it's Mike Jordan who leads the way. Not surprisingly, he held that inside line very nicely. And uh, if he can find the right gears on the first lap, none of the other drivers in this race will see which way he went. He had that much speed in the early morning qualifying session. But Mike Jordan has got the lead on Brooks, who's in second place now. And that looks to be one of the other Austins that's made their way up into third position. I wonder if that is uh, Malcolm Harrison that's moved. No, it can't be Harrison. He's in the Volvo Amazon. So I wonder, is that Simon Crompton who's moved up into third position? Because that is definitely the Jaguar of Butterfield in fourth place. And I think in fifth position is Brown. So uh, already we've started with some pretty exciting stuff through the first couple of corners. No major dramas, though, I am th- I'm pleased to say.
10: chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
5: We don't want any dramas of any kind with these boys. Here they come. Jordan out in front. Brooks is in second place. And it is uh, Austin's one, two, and three. Uh, No, sorry, that is the Volvo Amazon. That is Malcolm Harrison, who's there in second position. So the Volvo Amazon is up in second place. Then it's Brooks, Brown, Butterfield, Devine, Naismith, uh, Shepard, Moore, and Ely rounding out the top ten. There's not many drivers who are sharing their cars in this race, but because... There are some... Oh, we've got somebody off at Redgate Corner there. I think that was the OUMF Riley drifting sideways, manages to get it back onto the circuit again. That'll be Ding Boston, I think, that's gone slightly wide there. Actually, no, it wasn't Boston because he's not that far up the road. So it might well be Polson actually, who's drifted wide into that first corner. (laughs) Unfortunately, this is one of those championships that doesn't see... uh, Uh, Well, there are regular drivers, but this is not a championship as such. This is a come and play, have a great race and take the trophies at the end. There's no points involved. It is just a sportsmanlike contest. Therefore, uh, there are different cars coming and going all the way through the season. So uh, a lot has changed in the three or four weeks since Mallory Park, the last time I saw these guys out on the circuit. And uh, it's great to see them once again, but uh, try to keep up with them. Is a bit like trying to uh, see through Muesli. It's not really uh, easy in the first stages, but you get better at it as time goes on. So uh, down the straight towards the Goddard Esses once again. Jordan turns in. Got a good advantage over the Volvo Amazon. Looks like we got a side-by-side battle a little further back from the top six down to the breaking zone. Someone's got to yield, guys. Just about get away with that one, but that was a bit of a nasty moment. And it's the Austin that... Uh, Loses out on that uh, stretch of road. It's Naismith and Shepherd who come across the line practically together, but Naismith is just a little way out in front. Shepherd in eighth place, Ely in ninth, More in tenth. Then it's Allen, Crompton, Gordon, Paulson, Ye, Miles, Shercliffe, Davis, Grindle, and Unsworth as they uh, all speed their way through. Now I should tell you about a couple of the cars that are going to be changing driver at their pit stops because there. Are, I was just going to say the uh, previous that because there are a few cars. In the lineup that are sharing, most of the drivers are just a one man band today. There aren't many changes of driver expected, but because there are three cars in the lineup that are changing driver, uh, there is a mandatory pit stop, as there always is, of course, in HRDC Touring Greats, because usually we have more uh, partnerships behind the wheel than we are seeing this weekend. Uh, but there are three cars that are sharing the 71, uh, which is uh, being shared by Naismith and uh, uh, his colleague. Uh, in the running, which is uh, Perry Smith, I think it is. So, uh, Nate Smith is uh, running in car seventy-one, of course, and running very well towards the uh, sharp end of the field. We did have quite a few drivers that we're going to be sharing, but uh, we gather that uh, a lot of people are a little bit busy, so uh, there's not so much as we expected. But Crompton is sharing once again with uh, Jason Minshaw, of course, of the uh, Demon Tweaks Company. Side by side, good little battle behind the top three, that is Butterfield making his move on Brown for third position in fact. So uh, Butterfield makes the move for third place and we've got safety car on track, safety car is on track. So we've got an off somewhere on the circuit, safety car is out. Now, I don't want to say that there's definitely a big issue because I don't know exactly the details but it looks as if we've got a car We have got a car on its roof. We've got a car on its roof up at Coppice, that is. So up at the far end. So we have a car on its roof up at Coppice. I'm not entirely sure who it is. I think it's one of the Austins. Looks like one of the red or orange machines to me. So uh, I can't tell you exactly who it is at the moment. We'll try and get an idea. Ah, now, the 70, we think it is. We think it is the 70 that's gone of Andrew Allen, so uh, it looks to me as though Andrew Allen has had a tumble. The marshals are on the scene very quickly. But, uh, yes, that is definitely a car that is on its roof. And it's uh, Andrew Allen's machine. So uh, that's uh, safety car out, of course. Uh, Andrew Allen in the Austin A35, number 70. Uh, he is the only one missing from the fray. So uh, it is, of course, the, his car that we have uh, come to a stop as a result of. Marshals are on the scene pretty quickly, I can tell you, over at Coppice Corner. So, uh, there is uh, a lot of work going on, which is good to see. So uh, the safety car has obviously uh, brought the field uh, to a temporary uh, line of uh, Crocodile. And uh, we'll, they'll just uh, form up behind them and watch them uh, parade around while the marshals get on the scene. Safety crew is there, already tending to the accident, I can tell you. Uh, unfortunately, from my position, I can only see what the CCTV camera trained down the back straight can pick up. I'll try and get uh, a more clear view of uh, what is actually happening down at uh, Coppice Corner. Now I've got uh, the CCTV trained on that part of the corner, and the car is back on its four wheels again. The marshals have uh, put it back into position as the field tightens up. Looks as if uh, the uh, the safety car just missed uh, the leader, Jordan, and the second-place man, Harrison, as it came out of the pit. So they'll have to go back into their positions uh, in just a moment. But the car, I can tell you, is wheeled away. So that would suggest that uh, the driver is okay. I'll double check on that one, but uh, the car has been pushed well out of position. And uh, yes, I can tell you that uh, Andrew Allen is okay. That is good. Andrew Allen is out of the car and he is okay. So that is good. Uh, Thank goodness for that. We just wanted to make sure that the uh, marshals went through all of their regular procedures. Uh, Safety, of course, always being a, a primary Uh, concern here at donington park so uh, they're just going to take andrew i believe for medical checks he is in the emergency uh, truck at the moment so they're going to take him for uh, emergency checks in the uh, in the doctor's room so uh, once again the marshals are carrying out uh, their normal safety procedure and uh, the ambulance will obviously take him to the medical center round the back of the uh, goddard's s's uh, on the uh, main starting complex and uh, he will get those medical checks So uh, Andrew Allen just uh, recovering himself back to uh, the paddock as uh, the field is formed up behind the safety car at the moment. So uh, we'll uh, allow them to uh, get that uh, wreckage cleaned up. It won't be too long, hopefully, before we are racing again here at Donington Park. Race Day Live on Foss Radio. He's tapping out a message on his back bumper in Braille, and that message
8: is, get the hell out of my way. I want my lead back."
1: Stay tuned, more great races coming up on Downforce Radio.
8: For all the best over racing news and features, Stock Car Magazine has everything you need. Featuring the latest pictures and results for Brisker Formula One, V8 Hot Stocks, Formula Two, National Saloon Stock Cars, Mini Stocks, and more, including interviews with world champions, top drivers, and racing legends. What to watch and where to go for the country's top oval racing action, all inside Stock Car Magazine, £4.80 every month. Plus, full-length DVDs of all Brisker Formula One events, available trackside at any Brisker F1 race meeting. Head to facebook.com forward slash magazine for more details. Stock Car Magazine, proudly presenting Brisker at its best.
1: Stopwatch Hospitality are specialists in behind the scenes motorsport hospitality. Enjoy private viewing locations at Silverstone, Brands Hatch, and Dunnington Park. Our packages start from just £20 per person. That's right, just £20 per person. With a wide variety of services for race events, track and test days, driving experiences, birthdays, and F1 parties. With Stopwatch Hospitality, everything's arranged except the result. From gate entry tickets up to the very best hospitality at race events. So call us now on 01959 509 098. That's 01959 509 098. Or visit our website at stopwatchhospitality.com.
2: Think you know more about motorsport than anyone else? Here on Downforce Radio, we have just the show for you. Toughest questions, the most trivial topics, and a few laps along the way await you in our monthly trivia panel game Wheel Notes. With British motorsports best pundits, geeks and brain boxes pitting their wits in the ultimate nerd-off, the occasional celebrity guests to challenge our regular teams. So join Jake Sanson and the Downforce team on the fourth Tuesday of every month. Free to download via Spreaker, iTunes or YouTube, only on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station. Go,
4: go, 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 go! I oh, ears out! I do not believe it. I do not believe what I am seeing here. This is a simply unbelievable development,
5: and this, folks, is the big one.
1: This is race day live on Downforce Radio. So, under
5: safety car here at Donington Park after an accident for Andrew Allen in the uh, Austin. I can tell you that Andrew is okay. I have seen him getting out of the ambulance. It was literally just a safety precaution. To make sure that he was okay. He is currently uh, undergoing checks in the medical centre, but I can happily tell you that he is okay. He is conscious. He doesn't even look hurt. They just want to be doubly doubly sure that he hasn't done himself something more serious. But it looks to me as though uh, Andrew Allen is perfectly okay, and uh, he has uh, just been comforted by uh, some colleagues of his. So uh, it looks as though Andrew Allen is okay. There are a couple of cars, though, that have come into the pits uh, looking to retire by the look of it. One of them is the 117, uh, or is that the 111, sorry, that has just come in. That is Atkinson uh, getting out of the car as well. So uh, unfortunately, it looks as though we have problems for the treble one there of Steve Atkinson. And he just got the car onto the grid as well. And it looks like one of the other Austins is uh, in the pits as well. Can't quite see who that is from here, but uh, I would not be surprised if that was the 54 uh, that is in the pits in some trouble oh sorry no that will be the uh, 72 actually we know we've lost two cars from the fray they pitted in one of them is the 17 actually it's not the it's not the trouble one it's the 17 that is devine so devine is in trouble No, that is a big problem because he was starting in the seventh position so uh, sadly it looks as though david devine in the riley 1.5 Uh, Helmet coming off. It is uh, sad to say, but David Devine's race looks like it's over in the Riley 1.5. Now, that is a big shame. Not sure what's happened there, and uh, certainly mechanical issues rather than uh, uh, damage to the car by the look of it. So, uh, unfortunately, it looks as though uh, a big, big problem for uh, David Devine in the 17 at the moment. The other car that's in the pits is Gibbons, who is in the uh, 72. That is James Gibbons, who started 34th position in the Austin A35, I think it is. Uh, so, yeah, the A35 Academy is uh, where he started. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, it looks as though his race is over, and he was running in about uh, 30th position or so. But the lights have gone out on the safety car, so they've managed to catch up with Jordan and Harrison. And I think we're going to go racing again now. So. Uh, That is good news. It looks as though we're going to get uh, racing back underway. The uh, Ford safety car peels off into the Donington uh, circuit pit lane once again. And Jordan is going to wait to get the jump on the rest of the field. Now he's done. Now he's gone for it. Harrison and Butterfield are close by and they're a little bit closer than Mike Jordan would like as well Harrison's got a good run in the Volvo Amazon I think he might go for the lead here around the outside as we go racing again, he's got very much to the left side now, he can outbreak Mike Jordan, Butterfield breaks late behind them and they're side by side, door to door, Harrison's run out of road and he's gone off into the red gate gravel, oh Mike Jordan giving him absolutely no room at all there, it's almost as if he's back in the British Touring Car Championship again, no room at all for manoeuvring there from Mike and he holds on to the lead. Harrison has to give best in the Volvo Amazon, and he's gone on a bit of an Amazon there as he runs through the gravel trap. He manages to rejoin, I think in third position behind Butterfield's Jaguar. So uh, big problems there then for Harrison, and uh, that's not exactly the racing line he would like to have chosen through there. But Jordan leads, Butterfield second, Harrison down to third in front of Brown, Naismith, and Shepard. And Brown and Naismith are having a good little scrap now with Harrison's Volvo. That was a perfect opportunity for him to take the lead. Now, the cars are all coming through in a staggered position, largely because uh, these cars do not actually have, they weren't actually backed up all into a line when we went green, because uh, we did our best, but uh, we got the first, I think we got the first 15 or so cars in a line and then the rest of them were just a, just a, kind of left to their own devices. We had to get the race going eventually, so we couldn't wait uh, an hour and three quarters for the field to catch up. So we just had to go for it. So it uh, looks as though we've got a couple of cars already about to be lapped and certainly getting ready for it. But here we go. Down the straight. Jordan is your leader. Butterfield now second. Up to third has come Brown. So Harrison slips down another place to fourth position now in the Volvo Amazon. Then it's Naismith. Shepard, Ely, Brooks, Moore, and Crompton in 10th position at the moment. Now, the pit window has just opened, so it is now the half an hour mark, so uh, uh, half an hour to go mark, I should say, so the pit window is open, and it will remain open for the next 15 minutes, but we're only on lap nine. Now, I would not be surprised as a result of this if uh, we got a vast quantity of the field pitting straight away or the vast quantity of the field pitting very late because of the fact that we've spent a lot of time behind the safety car. So they'll either want to do one or the other to maximise the chances. Uh, but with most of the drivers not needing to change driver, I suppose it's very much at the discretion of uh, those out there. Do they want to get the tyres up to temperature a little bit before they pit in? Or do they want to wait while the tyres are cold? They may as well get the uh, uh, mandatory pit stop out of the way pretty sharpish. So I reckon we'll see most of the drivers pitting On lap 10, if they're going to do an early bird pit stop, some of them will be trying to have a look and see, is the pit window actually open? They won't know, of course, until they pass the start-finish line. That's when they know the pit window is open, and they've got 15 minutes to uh, uh, take their mandatory pit stop. If they do so after the allotted time, then they do risk a penalty. So there we go. Through goes Mike Jordan, out in front in car 77. Butterfield in the Jaguar is in second place now. Brown in his Austin is there in a third place. Naismith is fourth now. Where is the Volvo? Where is the Volvo Amazon? Harrison has dropped out of the run. There he is. He's pitting in. So I think Harrison's got a problem in the Volvo Amazon, but uh, the pit window is open, so uh, they've got time to get it sorted. But into the pits comes uh, the number one. So problems in this race by the look of it for Malcolm Harrison. He's dropped a long way back. So they've obviously decided, right, we may as well pit now. So Malcolm Harrison becomes the first driver to uh, make a driver change. And there is a driver change. My apologies. So TSL Timing has not caught up with the fact that uh, there is a second driver in that car. Now, let me try and uh, double-check exactly who it is that should be in that car with him. It is, of course, the former British touring car superstar, Steve Soper, who is sharing the Volvo Amazon with him. So uh, Malcolm gets out, having had uh, nine laps of uh, uh, very entertaining driving. Now it's time to hand over to someone who knows everything there is to know about touring cars, and more so, Steve Soper getting in the car now. So uh, that's definitely going to see uh, a bit of an increase for the Volvo Amazon. Uh, sorry, TSL uh, relied the fact that there were quite a few drivers uh, making driver changes in this one. So uh, Mike Jordan is not, so he'll pit, but he won't get out the car. Uh, behind him, the 48 of... Uh, Butterfield, that is the Jaguar, of course, and that is Richard and Thomas Butterfield who are sharing that car. And here we go. It is a plethora of cars into the pits. Mike Jordan comes straight in. In comes the five of uh, Julian Crossley in that gorgeous Jowett Javelin. Into the pits he comes. Into the pits comes Butterfield's Jaguar. So uh, Richard will change over for Thomas. And into the pits as well comes the four of Neil Brown to hand over to Richard Dutton. And also uh, into the pits, it looks as though we've got Brooks in as well. So uh, it's absolute pandemonium down in the pit lane as drivers uh, change left, right and center. I wasn't prepared for them to be uh, changing driver quite so soon. But obviously that safety car period has put us on the back foot a little bit. I was going to suggest that we'll go down and uh, interview drivers as the uh, racing continues. But I've just looked out of the window and looked up at the sky and it's starting to look quite gruesome it might get some uh, precipitation of some kind and description in this race and uh, well it's Donington Park so precipitation around this place can mean anything from a light drizzle to an absolute monsoon so uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens on that one but we have a new leader and it is the 71 of Naismith who has taken the lead so Naismith has moved into uh, the lead of the race at present Uh, he has not made a pit stop but I would not be surprised if he does so on the next lap. We'll have to look at the order as the drivers have come through. Now, the uh, big names are leaving the pit just as uh, the Volvo Amazon is coming down the pit lane. So that problem on the in-lap for uh, Harrison, who's now handed over to Steve Soper, of course, has really cost them dear. But if anybody's going to get them back up the road, it's going to be Steve Soper. So uh, let's see what happens for him. Into the pits comes the 157. That is uh, Swaffer, who will hand over to Scheuer in just a little while, and now TSL is catching up with uh, who's in each car, so that is good, here comes the 130 into the pit, that is Moore, and in behind him is the 68, that's the Jaguar of Gordon, Uh, sorry, the 89, I should say, no, it is the 68, it's just his number is upside down on the bonnet, so uh, I got a bit confused there, 22, that is... uh, That is Hawkins pitting in. So 22, Hawkins makes his way into the pits, looking to see who else comes through of the leaders. Naismith is staying out. So is Shepard, so is Davis, and so is Ye. Gordon is the uh, driver amongst the leaders who has uh, made the change. Keep an eye on the number 15 in this race, of course, who's now up in the top 10, courtesy of the uh, pit stop shuffle for the moment. That is John Paulson, who is sharing his Bonhams Riley 1.5 with uh, Rob Gravitt. I spoke to him a little bit earlier on, And uh, Rob feels very comfortable in the car. So, uh, well, who knows what can happen in this race, especially now as it looks as though we've got a lot of cloud cover. We may see some rain showers in this one. I'll try and get a weather update uh, as we continue on over the course of the race because uh, it can be very changeable at Donington Park at the best of times. And it's always good to have uh, a bit of a rough idea as to what is going on. But uh, at the moment, it is Naismith who leads in car 71. Now, that is a slow-moving 94 down the straight, allowing leaders to lap. That is Lavelle. So, uh, Lavelle moves over and allows the Triumph Herald Coupe to be lapped quite a few times. So, a bit of an issue there for him, obviously, as far as uh, he is concerned. Either that or he's just uh, allowing the field to go through and uh, just uh, keeping himself out of trouble.
10: Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Make sure that they uh, look after their cars throughout. In comes the little Fiat bath. So we're into the pits. Comes John Barber to hand over to Jeremy Thomas. So uh, things going well for the 88. And uh, we will try and uh, again, uh, try, I'm, I want to actually figure out, are we going to get some rain uh, in this race? Or is it going to be a little bit later on in the day? Because uh, obviously the drivers have all got uh, treaded tires uh, in this race they run on road tires I believe in, the, in this sport there's no slicks here but uh, it's definitely going to make the track very greasy uh, especially considering there were a couple of drivers who had some issues in qualifying earlier on as into the pits comes the 35 of Chapman to hand over to Chris Ria so Chris Ria will be down there in the pits getting himself ready to go and uh, we should see him in this one very shortly but uh, well actually no sorry it should be well, that's going to confuse me because Chris Rear is already in one car, the Treble 9, the Morris Minor, but I don't think he's got out. So uh, that, is, that, is slightly con- that is slightly confusing me, I have to say, <laughs> because Chris Rear is in two cars, apparently. The Treble 9, he's definitely in, and uh, he's also definitely in uh, another car altogether. Although, I have to say, the Treble 9 is not actually in this race. I wonder if he's done, he did the qualifying session earlier as practice, Uh, and hasn't started the race in that car because he's sharing the 35 with Chapman. That's what it'll be. So uh, I got a bit confused, but, uh, well, it's the HRDC. We can all grin and have a good laugh along with it. And uh, as long as it's at my expense, that's fine. Here's the 62 and the two uh, coming in together, Yate and Miles, who are fourth and fifth on the road. And in two comes Polson to uh, swap over with Rob Gravitt. So Rob Gravitt will take over that car, as we know. And uh, down into pit lane... So Rob Gravitt will now uh, get into that car and continue on the race. And uh, the boys are looking pretty neat and tidy with uh, the driver changes down there. No major dramas, no major issues. But the 71 of Naismith continuing to go very long into this race, as to be said. Uh, Looking after the car very well. Nick Naismith in uh, 10th position on the starting grid in that Austin A90. Let's see if they're able to uh, keep up the pace uh, throughout this one. Into the pits comes the 29. So that is uh, uh, Wheelwright. He now makes a stop. Into the pits two comes the 73 and the 121. So that is, uh, oh sorry, the uh, 123, that is Cuskella. Uh, so into the pits, and also the 73, as we said, of Lily White. Into the pits two comes the 71, that is. So that is the race leader. Naismith makes the move in to hand over to Perryman. And into the pits two comes the 41, who is uh, a lap or so down the order, I believe. The 41 of Coates comes in now. I oh, know, sorry, Coates is on the lead lap, but he's a long way back. There goes the field of Bath to unlap itself. So uh, we're waiting now. The leader of this race, unless they decide to pit on this lap as well, should be the 90 of Unsworth, although there is the 90 of Unsworth pitting in. So it looks as though the lead will go back to i'm guessing jordan jordan should take the lead back in this race where is he i think he's just gone through so jordan is going to take the lead back again he's been putting in some very quick laps uh, firmly in the 129s low 129s as well he's been doing 129 twos threes and fours for the last couple of laps so uh, he's absolutely on it at the moment and easily the fastest man bar the number four of brown and dutton so uh, he's absolutely romping away. In fact, he, uh, there's only one car in this race that has ducked below the uh, 89 second threshold. And that is Brown and Dutton on a 128.6. Uh, they are currently running, by the way, in fourth position. Although that is not counting the fact that Naismith and Perryman uh, have pitted on this lap as two has Unsworth. So once everything corrects itself, I would not be surprised if uh, Brown and Dutton are actually a little further up the road. There goes Steve Soper making his move on miles to overtake him. So Steve Soper has moved up a place. There goes Davis with the Swedish flag atop his Austin. And uh, through they come once again. Drivers leaving the pits as quickly as possible. That's the 75 trying to get out of the pit. That is Grindel, who was up in a, the top six. And, of course, has now had to make the pit stops. So uh, that will drop him back down the order a little bit. So let's see uh, how things are currently looking for the drivers out there. They're doing their best to uh, get themselves back into their normal positions after the pit stops. But it's all been a little bit uh, hectic. Here's your race leader, though, Mike Jordan. He comes through and across the line. And what is his lead compared to Brown and Dutton? It's not much, I can tell you. Jordan's done a 129.9. Brown and Dutton, well, they did a 131.9 last time. Bye. We've got a problem into the pits. That is mechanical issues, I think, for the 122. That is slower than normal for Frankel, although he hasn't made his scheduled pit stop but Frankel is now coming in, so that is, a, uh, that is his mandatory stop uh, taken, but he's going a lot slower than I would have expected him to be. So uh, a bit of an issue there, unfortunately. So we'll try and figure out exactly uh, what his problem is. Uh, if he has one, of course, he may just be uh, going with the height of caution to bring the car into the pits. As in as well comes the 74 of Shirtcliffe. so he will take his mandatory pit stop as well. And uh, it looks as though the field is pretty much settling itself out now after the pit stop. So it's Jordan who leads. Uh, Dutton is in second position, having taken over from Brown. Uh, Michael Kane is there in uh, third position, the 13. That's the British GT driver, not uh, the other one. Uh, then it is Perryman and Naismith, fourth position. Shepard is fifth. Then the Butterfields, uh, Crompton and Minshaw, Harrison and Soper in the Volvo Amazon, Miles and Davis. How ironic is that? Miles Davis, ninth and tenth. Uh, so there we go. Jazz fans will obviously have found that one funny. Nobody else will have done. Never mind. Uh, So Jordan leading the way then, Mike, in 77, out in front and keeping up the kind of pace that we saw from him in qualifying earlier and doing an absolutely cracking job. Now, I can tell you that in terms of uh, weather, it looks as though we're not actually going to get a huge amount of rain, or according to the Met Office, this is, we're not expected to get a huge amount of rain until at least four o'clock. Now, that sky tells me that it's probably going to be earlier than that. But according to the Met Office, uh, we're not expected to get rain over the circuit until about four o'clock. Hmm. Not sure I'm willing to believe that one either. Uh, certainly looking at the Amount of cloud cover we've got. Nobody's really reaching for the umbrellas yet, though, I've noticed. So uh, we certainly haven't got rain yet, but it definitely looks as though it's trying to make an appearance over the Donington circuit. So we'll uh, have to keep an eye on that one. 16 and three quarter minutes to go. So the pit window is still open at the moment, but it is about to close. We've got about a lap uh, behind the race leaders before the pit window will close. But I can tell you that there's only three cars in the race that have yet to make their mandatory pit stop. The 130 of Moore has uh, yet to make his pit stop. Matthew Moore in the A40. Uh, Then uh, Paulson and Gravit. No, they did pit. I'm not sure why it's showing up that they have not pitted, because they have. So, uh, not quite sure what's going on there, because they definitely did come into the pits, as did Wheelwright. So, uh, apparently... It looks as though everybody has pitted, in fact. It just hasn't registered that those three made pit stops. But they certainly did. I know for a fact that Polson and Gravit did, and uh, Wheelwright did, because they came into the pits, and I saw them with my own eyes. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, about the correction of that. But I think, in effect, everybody has come into the pits. So we shouldn't have uh, any issues in terms of uh, people not getting their... Uh, allocated mandatory pit stops in. Again, my only way actually from my commentary position of checking to see whether there is rain around the circuit or not is to observe spectators in grandstands. So, particularly the one across the uh, way on the start finish line uh, to see if there is uh, anybody going for a brolly. Nobody has yet, although uh, I've noticed that quite a few of the spectators have decided to uh, don coats and uh, hoods in preparation for it. I have to say, very sensible thinking, ladies and gents, because this is Donington Park, and you may not get much more warning than a brief second of an interlude. So uh, smart thinking, just be on the side of caution is my guess on that one. And uh, we have a sign now showing that the pit window is closed. So that is it, 15 minutes to go. So everybody, we believe, has now made their mandatory pit stops. So uh, anybody who pits in now, it is a mechanical problem. And I can tell you that uh, according to my calculations, everybody has made their mandatory pit stops. So, nobody is going to fall foul of that rule as far as we can tell. So, at the moment, it looks as though it's going to be Mike Jordan who takes the victory. Although, uh, the pendulum has swung back in the face. Oh, we've got a car off there on the Goddard's S's, on the exit of the Goddard S's, and stopped on the way through. Now, is that the Jowett? Is that the number five of Crossley? Because it, it, I can't quite see the number from here but it looks to me as though that's the Jowett. So I think that might be the number five of Julian Crossley, and that is a very dangerous position to be parked. And if the car isn't gonna move, then we will have a safety car. Now that is crucial because Brown and Dutton are actually catching Mike Jordan at the rate of four tenths of a second per lap. The gap has come down to 2.9 seconds. If we get a safety car, well, that is basically going to be a sprint race between those two. Now, it is Crossley, it
7: is the Jowett, and he has managed to
6: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Find a gear and get it going again. So we won't get a safety car by the look of it. So that is good. We're going to get to see a pure racing battle as Steve Soper scythes his way through and makes up another couple of places. He's up to fifth position as into the pits. We've got one of the Austins boxing. That is the 35. So problems there, I'm afraid, for Chris Rear. So Chris Ria, he's not having a great season, is he? He's either sat in the paddock doing absolutely nothing at all, or he's uh, having a car that's falling to pieces underneath him. But uh, unfortunately, he, he kind of is on the road to hell at the moment because the car's not going anywhere. So uh, poor Chris Ria. I suppose he'd rather be at Daytona or Auberge, wouldn't he? So there we go. I'll stop the Chris Ria jokes now. Apologies. I just happen to like his music, that's all. So Jordan out in front. Uh, Dutton in second place, Perriman is in third place, so uh, everything going uh, okay for those three at the moment, although... The absenteeism of the safety car means that uh, we've now got a real race in our hands. Dutton is catching Jordan at the rate of four-tenths of a second per lap. The gap has come down to two and a half seconds with 12 and a half minutes on the clock. So it is feasible and easily achievable for Dutton to close up and pass former British touring car star Mike Jordan. So he is catching him. And what about the man who's currently in fifth position? Absolutely romping around the race circuit. The legendary Steve Soper is charging through the field in the Volvo Amazon. He's made it up to fifth place now after those problems just before their mandatory stop. He is now up into fourth place, chasing down the Butterfields in their Jaguar. There goes the Amazon. I'm not sure he's got enough time, actually, looking at how far he is back with 11 minutes to go. He's siding his way through back markers like they're uh, wet pieces of newspaper, but he's not really getting enough pace compared to the men in front well I say that he's just taken 1.3 out so if he keeps doing that every single lap he might just have a chance As we've got somebody running just slightly wide at Redgate, kicking up the gravel couldn't quite see who it was from there and there's definitely problems for Julian Crossley in that gorgeous Jowett it uh, looks the business but uh, it really isn't doing any at the moment it's just uh, cruising around in uh, what looks like third gear at the moment for Jowett. So, uh, uh, well, the Jowett. Unfortunately for Julian Crossley, he has now slipped back to uh, 34th position. He's uh, about 15 seconds slower than he, his personal best. So, it's not going well as far as he's concerned. Meanwhile, there's still some good battles all the way around the circuit, uh, particularly looking at the lap times of uh, Messrs. Crompton and Minshaw. Minshaw is really stepping up his pace now as well. White flags. Because we've got uh, not somebody surrendering, we've got the uh, 94 pitting. Once again, problems for Luvelle in that gorgeous Triumph Herald. And Chris Rea's back in the pits again. Oh dear, this is starting to turn into a rather sour B side for Chris Rea at the moment. He's uh, into the pits with more problems, unfortunately, in car 35. So uh, he and Chapman, it looks as though they're going no further in this one, I'm afraid to say. He's having a miserable five or six weeks, isn't he, Chris Rea? He didn't even put in a lap at Mallory Park three weeks ago, and uh, now his race has come to a premature end. So uh, problems there again, I'm afraid. Meanwhile, Mike Jordan has realized that Brown and Dutton have got better pace, and he has stepped it up. So he's going to try and utilize the traffic again. Uh, Brown and Dutton there, Austin, is still the fastest car. Uh, So uh, they are on a 128.6 for their personal best. Jordan on a 129.1. In terms of the laps they're currently setting, Jordan's just on a 129.6 compared to Brown and Dutton on a 130.0. So uh, an interesting dynamic between those two. Last lap, though, Dutton has responded big style and has just taken six-tenths of a second out of the gap between himself and Mike Jordan. So Jordan is now only 2.3 seconds clear out in front now that's going to cause a bit of an issue because uh, with just under nine and a half minutes to go six tenths of a second per lap if they continue that kind of pace it will only be doing my quick quick mathematics four laps before they are on him now he really needs to pull something out of the bag here mike jordan Uh, six tenths of a second per lap he will be on him within four laps And mathematics again tells me that that will take six minutes and we've got nine left. So Mike Jordan really does need to get a step on it here. Otherwise, this victory is not going to go his way after all. Meanwhile, Steve Soper is currently lapping, get this, six seconds per lap faster than Perryman in front of him. That is absolutely astonishing. Either Perryman's had a scruffy lap, which it would suggest he is, and uh, Steve Soper, it, well, Steve Soper is being Steve Soper, an absolute legend out in uh, fifth position at the moment. So he is reeling in uh, Perriman. The gap is down to 7.3 seconds, I should point out. But uh, there are big problems for Perriman anyway, because he was in third place. The uh, Butterfields and their Jaguar were in fourth position. They've now managed to get through on the last lap. So I wonder, is this going to be a retirement, potentially, for Naismith and Perriman, who were, of course, leading at one point, Uh, Through the pit stop gaggle, so uh, we'll just have to see how the last eight minutes of the race play out. There's Rob Gravitt, British Touring Car champion in 1990, passing the pits, uh, having taken over from the 15 of Polson. He's actually signalling to the left. I suppose that's his uh, way of telling any faster cars, "Look, I'm going to stay to the left. Uh, You're going to have to overtake me on the right-hand side." In fact, several cars are doing just that. It's uh, kind of a code of conduct, a band of brothers with these guys. If you're If you know you're going to be going slower than anybody else, just indicate to the left and make them drive around the inside of you. So uh, that's obviously a bit of uh, coded messaging there. The gap is down to 2.0 seconds now between Jordan and Dutton, and that is despite Jordan putting in his best lap of the race, a 1.29.0, because behind him... Dutton has just done a 128.8, so he is catching him rapidly. This is going to be a great showdown between these two. There's only two seconds between them with seven minutes to go. This is supposed to be an endurance race between cars older than my mother. This is absolutely ridiculous. We're getting a battle right the way down to the wire. An absolutely fantastic result could well be turning around here. Dutton is absolutely charging after Mike Jordan. This race is definitely not done. If anything, this, that, that was just the warm-up. This is the main event because now we've got a good five laps, I suppose, uh, towards the end of this race, and it's definitely up for grabs. Jordan and Dutton have come through. Jordan has responded on a 131-0. There There is not much to choose between these two, but crucially... Jordan has managed to put three slower cars between himself and Dutton on the way down to the Crane Curves. Now, that could be crucial because uh, if uh, Dutton is not able to get past those three in good time, then Mike Jordan will be able to guarantee himself enough of a cushion to hold on to the victory. I think he may have just uh, knocked over the Queen, to coin a chess term. I think he might have done something pretty spectacular there. That could be check as far as this race is concerned. It's not quite checkmate yet but uh, that's definitely get- because and yes he has absolutely dropped the slower cars Dutton has got through but that has definitely increased the gap to about 4 5 seconds i would think in fact Dutton looks like he's lost a good 3 seconds stuck behind those cars and that has just doubled his work so it looks to me as though mike jordan may have just played his hand absolutely perfectly here and done enough in my opinion to have held on to the victory i don't think he's going to lose it now Down the back straight and up towards Goddard's. The order is as follows. Jordan is leading. Uh, Brown and Dutton are second. The Butterfields are third. Naismith and Perryman fourth, although I don't think they're staying there because I think Harrison and Soper have actually just got through on the last lap in the Volvo Amazon. Across the line, there's Jordan on a 129-3. Brown and Dutton on a 131-3. So they lost two seconds in the end on that lap. The Butterfields come through in the Jaguar. They are in third place. Uh, they should come through the chicane Where Where is the Jaguar? A little bit further back. That's Paulson and Gravit coming through. That is the 75 coming through of Grindle. The next ones on the uh, next ones in sight should be the third and fourth place cars. They are a long way back, of course. There is the Jaguar, I believe. No, sorry, my apologies. Where is Butterfield? That is the treble one of Atkinson, and how far back is the Jaguar compared to everybody else? Or is the Jaguar still there? There it is. There it is. I was worried for a minute, but the Volvo Amazon is catching it rapidly. So Steve Soper has gone into attack mode. Butterfield comes through on a 132.7. Soper has just done a one thirty point three, nearly two seconds quicker. So he could steal third place here, having already stolen fourth place off Naismith and Perryman, who are still lapping about four seconds off their normal pace. Or well, certainly their earlier pace, I should say. Soperman consistently running about four or five seconds a lap quicker. This could be a real showdown for the, final th- for the top three places. Soper is trying to uh, put in that fantastic touring car flair and chase down Butterfield for third position. He's got 3.7 seconds to make up in just under four minutes. If anybody can do it, Steve Soper can. And I have a feeling he might just pull it out of the bag. Now, Jordan and Dutton have come through. The gap is 4.4. Jordan's done a 129.6. Dutton a 129.8. So-
6: With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
11: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
10: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
7: No purchases, overprohibited by law,
10: 80 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Again, Jordan has found a little bit more time, and I think he's just done enough to put this victory to bed, but he has to stay strong. He has to stay consistent. If he gets bulked by one back marker, Dutton will be on him like a ton of bricks, and he's knitting his way very neatly through the back markers at the moment, Mike Jordan. I love HRDC, they always cook up. A better show than you think you're gonna see going in, and they are fantastic at this. You get three completely different dynamics in this race. You get the first 15 minutes of kamikaze track positioning, then you get the 15 minutes of pit stop strategy, which is absolutely fascinating to watch. It's unlike any other form of pit stop format of race, And then the 15 minutes where the faster drivers will usually have taken over the cars. And you'll suddenly see the timesheets tumble and uh, jumble up in a massive pack of cards deck uh, flying all over the place. So it is going to be a very, very close battle. In fact, uh, Steve Soper's challenge has uh, finally been picked up by Thomas Butterfield in the Jaguar. And he's responding. Uh, Soper was quicker. He did a one thirty zero one seven, but Butterfield did a 13070. So he was only about seven. He was only about six hundredths of a second slower than him on that last lap. So talk about fighting back! Brilliant work from the Jaguar. There's Jordan going through on a one twenty nine four. Dutton on a one twenty nine zero. He's taken four tenths of a second out of the lead, but he's got two laps to go. According to the time, we've only got two minutes and ten seconds left. Two minutes. And 3.9 seconds to make up. I think Mike Jordan is about to scream checkmate here. So it looks to me as though we are going to get to see that battle conclude with Mike Jordan hanging on to the victory. He's played his cards very well here. Dutton has thrown everything at him. But it looks as though it's going to be Mike Jordan who hangs on for the victory. Third position is still very much up for grabs. Side by side. Oh, we've got an offer copies. Someone drifts wide at Coppy's Corner, and man, we managed to get him back onto the circuit, but it was one of the larger cars, and Butterfield comes out of got us. There is Soper. There is Soper, right on his tail. So with two laps to go for these two, Soper can see his victim in front of him. He can see his target. So he's got to push in these last two laps, and he might just get in before the end. We're on the 27th and penultimate lap of this HRDC Touring Greats Giro, And Mike Jordan is about to make his way into Goddard's for the penultimate time. He's knitting his way through the traffic beautifully, just taking one step at a time. And he is going to come through to start the final lap this time by with 57 seconds on the clock. Here comes Mike Jordan, and he is going to get just one more lap out of this race. Unless, of course, we're going to go 45 plus one lap, but I doubt that's going to be the case. So we're going to get just one more lap around this circuit. And Mike Jordan, again, just dealing with backmarkers very smartly. Dutton has got to push if he wants to win this race. I think he's just got boxed in behind another backmarker. So uh, unfortunately, his chances of getting that victory are slipping away from him Jordan's just on a 130.1 compared to Dutton on a 130.6 so he's lost another half second meanwhile third position is anybody's guess because Butterfield in the Jaguar is being reeled in by Soper he's a lot closer to him on the back straight than he was last lap and with one lap to go I think Soper might just be able to get him here we might see similar drama to what we saw at Mallory three weeks ago here they come Out of the final turn, and Butterfield is pushing it. Soper is pushing it in the Volvo Amazon. There's one lap to go here, and it is going to be so close between these two as to who gets third position. So the final step of the podium is going to be fought out valiantly here between Harrison and Soper and the Butterfields. They're both going to be class winners, but that is not of interest to them now. They want to win the victory of battle for third position on the road. They're nearly a minute behind our race winner, But it doesn't matter as far as they're concerned. The gap is now just eight-tenths of a second, and they'll be battling on this last lap. But the winner is coming through the final turn. A magnificent drive for 45 minutes. Mike Jordan takes the chequered flag and wins the HRDC Touring Greats. Fantastic drive from Mike Jordan once again. Brown and Dutton come home in second position, and uh, we're going to watch as various class winners come through. Shirtcliffe has come through to take a victory in class. Uh, ACD, so he wins the Academy race. Good work there from Tony Shirtcliffe. Magnificent drive for him, and we should give credit to him for that uh, epic run. It's a very competitive class, so uh, well done to him. It's going to be Watson and Skinner who cross the line for victory in Class C in the Borgward Isabella TS, one of the most gorgeous cars on this grid. And it's going to come through. Now, the battle switches back to third position. Soper has caught Butterfield. But he's only a chicane away. And I don't think he's going to have the time to do it. But he's going to throw everything at it. Butterfield's got to keep it together. Soper's right on the limits of the edge there as they come out of the corner. Butterfield's just going to beat Soper to the line. One more lap. And that would have been so different. But well done to Thomas Butterfield for hanging on for third position. They both get class victories, those cars. Fantastic result for both of them there. Moore is going to come through for fifth position overall and third in class. Uh, good run from him. Very quietly sneaking his way back into fifth position, just in front of Naismith and Perryman, who slipped to sixth place. Miles is going to be seventh. Uh, Crompton and Minshaw, eighth. Gordon is ninth. And Polson and Rob Gravitt, the 1990 British touring car champion, rounding out the top ten in front of Ye Unsworth, Davis, Shercliffe, the leader of the academy drivers, Sauter and Newell in 15th, Jones in 16th from Wheelwright. Uh, Lily White and Sedrington, Watson and Skinner, and the Gaskellers are there in 20th position overall. Good victory in class for um, Wheelwright. Uh, Sorry, no, apologies, for Watson and Skinner. They take class victories. So too does Frankel in 24th position. Uh, So too does um, uh, the top... Uh, two of the drivers on the podium, of course. Jordan taking the overall victory and class victory. Uh, Butterfield and uh, Butterfield taking victory in their class. And Harrison and Soper in the Volvo Amazon taking victory in theirs. But that man coming through. It, Mike Jordan, the number 77, is your race winner in fantastic form. I'm going to run downstairs and have a chat with him in just a brief moment. But absolutely fantastic racing in the HRDC Touring Greats. Magic stuff, once again, from the boys in incredible vintage machines they've done an absolutely cracking job again
8: it could be now a six car scrap for second place
5: someone
1: will go off someone will make contact wow
3: what a save this is race day live on downforce radio the circuit raceway two amazing indoor car tracks in one location but now for the corporate events stag and hen parties kids groups and even those wanting to race a grand prix arrive and drive sessions from just £13 for 15 minutes or Grand Prix for groups from £35 per driver. Find us at Engineers Park on Babbage Road, Sandycroft, in Flintshire with an easy access to Liverpool, Manchester, Warrington, Cheshire and Shropshire. So come race with us or see if you can smash our lap record. Call now on 01244 531 652 or log on to thecircuit.co.uk the circuit raceway 900 meters of pure fun
9: mission motorsport is run by veterans serving officers and motorsport professionals we are appointed as the combined services official providers of adaptive motorsport seeking wherever possible to merge the activities of the disabled and those in
5: need with able-bodied servicemen and women by the british army motorsport association well fantastic racing down in the pits here at donington park and an absolutely Cracking battle throughout an absolutely brilliant race. Let's chat to the man who just about withheld the pressure in that one. That was not easy for him at all. Mike Jordan, that was... uh a really, really tough battle in the last 10 minutes. No, it was great fun,
9: and uh, I, just, I just said to Neil, you know, he'd only wanted just to get held up in a little bit of traffic, and I could see the front of this blue car edging its way back up to us, but we're, we're great mates. You know, Ian does, uh, Neil's done a lot of engines for us in the past. He does our Cortina engines and everything, and uh, we, we have a good race there, but the little car was, was great. Big thank to Dave Wells for the, for the engine in that. That's, uh, that's had a few revs on it today getting through the traffic there,
2: but, uh, no, it went really well.
5: Those last five, six laps, that was all about reading the traffic perfectly, wasn't it? You just kind of had to knit them through one at a time. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's good fun doing that, because obviously a lot of the
9: guys out there, they're sort of relatively inexperienced. There's a lot of novice crosses out there, so you, 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 can't, go, you can't go being too bold with any lunges. But uh, no, it's just trying to pass them in the right place so you don't lose too much momentum. But great fun, really enjoyed it. And uh, I think that's the first one I've won in this since Andrew's not been here, so, uh, so that's <laughs> all right, I can tell him about that tonight.
5: <laughs> quick, a quick text message to him out in uh, the rally cross, so uh, good luck to him as well. Thanks very much. Cheers, Mike! Fantastic victory! Great performance. Uh, Messrs Brown and Dutton have worked very hard in uh, second position. It's, it's, well, only Neil is here. Neil, really, really tough race, but uh, you almost had him. No, Mike always had the edge on me.
2: He's just so consistent. Every lap's just the same, and I have to go a bit wild, then I lose out. But he's consistent all the time. So, but pity I couldn't got a bit closer at the beginning, then we'd have
5: been good. But yeah, Mike was a man. And fastest lap in this little car there's uh, oh, still plenty oh, of right. you weren't aware of that no i didn't know that no no what was that what time was that 128 six i think in the
2: end oh, right, yeah that's all right good
5: <laughs> that's all right well done good job let's uh catch up with the butterfields as well in uh, uh third position uh tom very very tough race out there but uh you had to keep a certain touring car race behind you as well
4: yeah i could see him uh approaching in the uh the old mirrors towards the end and he was coming quickly in I have to say, I haven't been under that pressure for a little while, and uh, a few silly mistakes helped him. But, uh, yeah, luckily the flag came out when it should have. I was wishing it for about five or six, seven laps. So, uh, yeah, tough race, tough race.
5: There's not many people that can say they just beat Steve Soper. That's going to be a nice one for tomorrow morning, isn't it?
4: I just want to know, if, if Steve's listening, I, uh, I work for his old car dealership. Um, I work work at SOPA BMW in Lincoln. So, uh, yeah, it was nice to be out there with him and uh, something to brag about when I get back into the office on Monday. (laughs) Well, fantastic drive, Thomas. Well done. Thank you very much.
5: Brilliant, brilliant racing there in the top three in the HRDC Touring Greats. They're so good at this. They always put on a fantastic show. And there's great battles from the front of the grid to the back. We always love that about the HRDCs. And there is, of course, one final race for them in the 2015 campaign a little bit later on today with the HRDC All-Star Race uh, coming up. Fantastic battles all the way through once again and uh, you'll get to see a half hour race for them a little bit later on this is a championship guys you really do need to uh, find out more about julius thurgood and the crew at hrdc put on a magnificent show and if you've got a few uh, thousand pounds spare in your pocket uh, to buy a vintage machine maybe you should be out there with them it is a fantastic race uh, filled with uh, great racers great gents and uh, a few celebrities thrown in as well it's uh, all excitement all action and they're so good at that so uh, We'll disappear upstairs and get ourselves back into position ready for the next race on the bill.
8: It could be now a six-car scrap for
1: second place. Someone will go off, someone will make contact. Wow, what a save. This is
3: Race Day Live on Downforce Radio. The Circuit Raceway, two amazing indoor kart tracks in one location. But now for the corporate events, stag and hen parties, kids groups and even those wanting to race a Grand Prix arrive and drive sessions from just £13 for 15 minutes or Grand Prix for groups from £35 per driver. Find us at Engineers Park on Babbage Road, Sandycroft in Flintshire with an easy access to Liverpool, Manchester, Warrington, Cheshire and Shropshire. So come race with us or see if you can smash our lap record. Call now on 01244 531 652 or log on to thecircuit.co.uk. The Circuit Raceway, 900 metres of pure fun.
9: Mission Motorsport is run by veterans, serving officers and motorsport professionals we are appointed as the combined services official providers of adaptive motorsport seeking wherever possible to merge the activities of the disabled and those in need with able-bodied servicemen and women appointed by the British army motorsport association and operating in direct support of the defense recovery capability mission motorsport provides respite rehabilitation recreational opportunities and training to those affected by military operations within the frame of motorsport to support us you can volunteer fundraise, or donate by calling 0 333 0 338 338. Mission Motorsport Race, Retrain,
5: Recover. <laughs> Ku Yue, the latest album from Transition, the official Olympic band of Chinese Taipei. On, let's take the night while... Featuring the awesome tracks Take the Night and So Far Away. Yeah. And the brilliant Here I Am. am. Transition, the official house band for Downforce Radio. Albums available now on iTunes and online at transition.tk.
1: Welcome back to Downforce Radio.
9: Hi, I'm Sam Bird. I race for Virgin Racing and you're listening to Downforce Radio. The nation's motorsport station.
3: to downforce radio downforce radio
1: this is race day live
5: so we're straight back into the action once again it is the mazda mx5 championship once again and it is group b this time with David Henderson and Russ Lindsay on the front row of the grid, Graham Colby and Nick Riley in row two, Michael Lawson and Ivan Leary on row three, Richard Collins and Patrick Collins sharing row four, Michael Close and Bruce Carter together on row five, Sam Bailey and Simon Oranger on row six, with Danny Green and Christian Young on row seven, Piers Chandler and Henry Lawson on row eight, Stephen Craggs and Matt Pickford on row nine, Matthew Simonite and Alex Saw on row ten. Then we have Alexander Westgate and Matthew Simmons lining together on row 11. Ambrogio Papetti and Romain Sarrazin, the new GT Academy winner on row 12. Anthony Hutchins and Chris Mills, and then Joseph Naori and Ian McDonald. A lot of people are very interested to see what this new uh, French superstar in the world of the Nissan GT Academy can do. Let's not forget the drivers who have won that in the past, including Lucas Ordonez, Tom Palletou, and Jan Mardenborough, who races on the GP3 Series paddock, of course. But this young man, Romain Sarrazin, with very big shoes to fill, he lines up beside Perfetti towards the tail end of the grid, but for his first ever trip into the world of international motorsport, This is a very good championship to be cutting the mustard in. He is lining up in the mid-pack in a Mazda MX-5 championship race. Talk about being thrown in at the deep end. He is going to be absolutely relishing it. Five-second board goes up on the top of the timing gantry. We wait for the lights to come on. They will do so now and the Mazda MX-5 championship will continue in fine form. Last few cars just getting themselves positioned. 20 minutes of racing here. Um, uh, on oh, I almost said Brands Hatch then. Donington Park. I was thinking about the BRCC Formula Ford Festival next week. That's why I nearly said Brands. Donington Park. Five-second board goes up. The green flag waves at the tail end of the grid, and we're about to go racing. The lights will come on, and when they go out, we'll be racing here at Donington Park. Hold it, chaps. Henderson and Lindsay on the front row, and we're racing. Good start, and a brilliant getaway from Lindsay. He looks as though he's going to be getting that uh, very crucial line to the first corner. Lindsay trying to cut Henderson wide into the first part of the apex, trying to keep it round the outside. He chops across. That was absolutely committed, as you like. Absolutely determined to keep that position, and beautifully done. Very decisive. A couple of cars wide off onto the gravel trap as they make their way through Hollywood and down the Crane Curves. It is still Lindsay who holds that initial advantage from the line, and as they come down the Crane Curves for the first time, it is just about A-OK. As everybody knits their way through without incident couple of the drivers just putting themselves neatly into position, just uh, watching on our monitors that we now got. Because, of course, tomorrow there's going to be live YouTube coverage to those who can't make it to the circuit. So, we're testing the stream uh, on the television screens here today. So, I can actually watch the monitors around the circuit. We've got a yellow flag. Somebody is off on uh, the run to Starkeys. Can't quite see who that is. And we've got somebody with a puncture. Somebody with a puncture in the midfield as well. A couple of the cars going wide on the exit of McLean's as well. So, it's a little bit
6: hectic now.
9: the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
5: now we've got a couple of cars in the wars now so uh two or three cars in trouble on the far side of the circuit. But your race leader, we believe, is still the 17 of Russ Lindsay. It's going to be a very interesting battle on the run down the hill, though, because there is one or two cars trying to contest it from him. No, back into the lead has come Henderson. So Henderson's through into the lead, and up to second position. Gunning for the lead is Colby. Colby side by side with Henderson down the main straight. And it looks as though Henderson is going to have to give way here to Colby. Colby on the left. Henderson on the right on the way to the braking zone and he slots in behind nicely there Henderson to give Colby the initial run down the straight. Still great battling down the main straight here with two or three cars going wide as they battle for the first part of the apex at Redgate. And we got a big off at Redgate. Two cars involved in that one. Now I think that was the 96 going wide. That's Lawson. So Lawson going wide at Redgate and losing some ground we believe. Don't quote me on it until I can uh, d- guarantee, but it looked to me as though it was the 96 of Lawson losing big ground. Collins has gone through into fourth position on the back of Leary, so it looks to me as though the 96 of Lawson just dropped it in at Redgate, but he has managed to get the car moving once more, so he's lost time, but he hasn't lost the race. So Colby, Henderson, and now Collins, who's up to third position. He is coming on strong now. Collins has definitely got a good car underneath him. But as they come through the end of the lap, it's very different to what it was before. Lawson is now gone from the race, of course, uh, certainly from the top six. But Colby and Henderson running well. Let's see how things continue on to the far side. Down the back straight and still Colby holding on to his position, Henderson second, Collins in third position now in car five and as they get break down for Goddards once again through the first part of the apex, here they come and it's going to be very close indeed as they come off the turn and it looks as though we have got some moisture, I think a couple of the drivers are starting to use the wipers, I think we've got some uh, bit of spots of rain around the circuit. Uh, The only way I can actually tell if it's raining or not is if I look out the other side of the circuit against the trees. That's the only way I can tell whether rain is falling or not. But it looks to me as though we're starting to get a little bit of a drizzle out there now. So the drivers are going to find it very slippery in these uh, uh, next preceding laps. Colby, Henderson, Collins, Leary, Lawson, Close, Carter, Young, Collins, and Orange at the moment is the top ten. As side by side, uh, Tucker is having a, uh, sorry, uh, McDonald is having a great battle with Riley. As into the pits has come the treble one of green. A couple of drivers not managing to get their cars started in this one, of course. And it looks to me as though one of them who is uh, out of the race... I think, is Romain Sarrazin. I think he's out of the race, too. The uh, GT Academy winner, I haven't seen him come around at the end of the first lap. Several drivers, of course, we saw in trouble on that uh, first start, but we don't have uh, Riley circulating anymore, and we don't have Sarrazin. Somebody's off, we think, up at uh, Starkey again, or not quite. No, I thought we saw something. I was looking at the monitor, and they were desperately trying to move away, but somebody has gone wide at McLean's on this lap, Couldn't quite see who it was from uh, that particular point. So through come the leaders once again. Colby out in front. Henderson no longer in second place. Down to third he's gone now as up to second position has come. Collins, Henry Lawson in 11th position trying to charge his way back through the field. Makes a decisive move into Goddard's and is now on the tail. Now who is he on the tail of actually? Because they're charging through past my position. He's on the back of the 10. Now that is uh, Perfetti. So uh, problems then for, uh, sorry, it was Lawson, and now in 11th position. So uh, problems for Henry Lawson. Colby is your race leader, though. Collins in second, Henderson, Leary, Lawson, Close, Carter, Young, Orange, and Collins is the top 10 as they came through at the end of that last lap. But Colby still hanging on in front of Collins and Henderson. Down the hill to the Craner Curves, and there's a great little scrap going on for Uh, I think that's third position is being fought out. No, sorry, that is uh, ninth position being fought out between Orange, Collins, Lawson, Perfetti and uh, Tucker with Saw and Bailey in that lot as well. So a great little six to seven car scrap for what is now ninth position being fought over. And continuing the battle all the way through out of Cobb's corner, it's Colby. Still half a second in front of Collins, but Collins has done a 127.9. And I would not be surprised if Collins decided to throw it at the inside at Goddard's. But he's not quite close enough to do that on this lap. 14 minutes on the clock, but he hasn't quite got the space to be able to get that overtaking move done. So uh, Colby and Collins still battling it out. And a little further back now is the number four of uh, David Henderson. Then it is the 96 of Michael Lawson. And then it is the 25 of Ivan Leary in front of the 117 of Michael Close as the drivers oh a big lock up into, the go- into Goddard's just behind us and we're almost going three wide down the straight that is very close indeed between Lawson Pavetti and Bailey they are going three wide make that four nearly because Orange, uh, Collins in front of them is trying to tuck in there as well that's going to be close they're going to have to sort it out somehow and they just about get through without incident although it looks as though one of them has now drifted out wide big spin on the exit of the corner that is the 32 going around that's saw saw has lost it on the exit of Redgate. too many cars in a too smaller space and saw loses the back end he manages to get the car going again at the top of hollywood but that has dropped him at least 10 places so that has uh, cost him any chance of getting into the top 10 in this one meanwhile colby versus collins for the lead of the race is still very active and still very close trying to go back towards where they are out of uh Coppice corner down the back straight Passing the museum at the moment, Henderson, Lawson, Leary, and Close is the top six behind your number one and two. Colby and Collins in the order. Collins still pushing Colby. They're acting like kart racers at the moment, pushing out a gap to try and get away from the crocodile behind them so that they can just battle with each other for race victory. It's very interesting. In one-make championships, you do tend to battle very much like you would in karting because you you just want to try and get away from the rest of the pack. While they battle, they'll lose momentum. You can get away and uh, increase your position. They're being very intelligent out in front, Colby and Collins. Black and white flag for the 82. That is Westgate, and he has been uh, spotted by the stewards for track limits. More battling down towards Redgate, getting very close, uh, just outside the top six, and getting close just outside the top ten as well. One or two cars in there together. That is the 47 of Craggs battling it out and banging doors with Perfetti. That was a little bit too close for comfort. And it looks as though Perfetti has shown him a clean pair of heels on the exit and said, no, I'm not going to let you through. You're going to have to back out of it or back off the circuit. And that's exactly what Craggs ended up doing. He drifted out wide and ended up on the gravel at Redgate. So uh, he didn't quite uh, know when to get out of Dodge there. But he's uh, tucked back into the battle. Right in there with Pavetti still side by side with him. These two are almost hooked together like magnets at the moment. And they continue their scrap very, very tightly indeed on the run up to McLean's. Meanwhile, Colby and Collins still battling away for the lead. Three-tenths of a second is now the gap as Collins has a think about the victory. But he's not going to do it yet. 11 minutes to go with Graham Colby and Richard Collins stretching out their lead out in front of the rest it is not going to be yet that he makes his move. Or is it? Because he's got a very good line out of the chicane. They've managed to pull out about five to six seconds or so on the rest of the field. Now he's having a think about it to the left. Can he go right round the outside of Red Gate? He's going to try it. He's going to keep the foot in round the outside line. There is enough space to get that move done. Collins and Colby side by side out of Red Gate. Side by side through Hollywood. And down the Crane Curves. Still side by side as Collins continues to keep his wheel in there. He eventually backs out of it. But that's put Colby sideways, a little bit wide off the apex. And Collins is absolutely determined to get past Colby. A brilliant battle between these two for victory. Collins again has a think about Colby on the run up the hill. He may try something spectacular on the run to McLean's. He's side by side with him. He's going to try the long way round. Oh, he's going to try the switch back. That was very brave from Collins. He doesn't quite get the move done. But again, this is going to put Colby on the back foot because Collins is swarming around all over him. He's throwing practically everything he possesses at him at the moment to try and get through. He may as well mortgage the house and throw that as well because he's desperately making every possible attempt to get through on Colby at the moment. There's nothing to choose between them in terms of pace, but Collins has definitely got the determination. His sleeves are rolled up. And he is charging hard here. So is Collins going to be able to overhaul Colby going into this second half of the race? Ten down, ten to go in terms of minutes raced. And Collins and Colby, the tyres are up to temperature. The brakes are working perfectly. So if you're going to try a bodacious move, you may as well do it now. And he's going to try again to the first corner, is he? No, he just hangs it in position. It's absolute skittles for third position. Henderson, Lawson, Close, Leary, Carter. All five of them scrapping for the position as Lawson has a go for the inside of Henderson to turn one into Gate. He is there. Shut the door nicely, Henderson, and he has done. And it looks as though the man at the back of the queue, Carter, is getting very racy, trying to move up on Leary. Close is Piggy in the middle at the moment, desperately trying to hold on to his own position. But it is a fantastic scrap. And we've got somebody off at Redgate on the far side. Looks as though they've rejoined the circuit fairly quickly. But uh, that is a black and white flag for car 160. That's Mills uh, for track limits. So uh, he's obviously found a, bit too much, uh, found a little bit too much gravel to be racetrack. So Colby and Collins still out in front, still holding on to this uh, advantage out in front. And as these guys battle, they're losing time hand over fist to the leaders. This battle is on the 130s and Colby and Collins are deep into the 129s. So they're losing about a second per lap to this squabble. So it's uh, very much going Colby and Collins' way and they can dictate how this race is going to play out. Absolutely amazing battling so far. Eight to go in terms of minutes. And Collins is breathing down Colby's neck. He can practically taste the exhaust fumes of the car in front now as he again charges off the corner. And Colby is going to have to be very careful. Where do I park my car here? because it's going to be a little bit slippy if there is drizzle around the circuit. He's got to be careful. Now, Colby is thinking about it. Sorry, Collins is thinking about it. Up the inside, he takes on Colby and takes the lead. So, Collins is through, into the lead on Colby. Very nicely done as well. So, Collins takes the lead. Colby is now in second position, and we've had another warning. It's for... uh, it uh, looks as though it's gone for Ambrosio Paffetti. having got a spin at the front of the field. That is the 25 of Leary. Whoa, he comes back onto the circuit and very nearly chucks it into the car behind him of Young. That was very close indeed for Carter. My word, amazing battling going on as Lawson has gone into third position, as we know, in front of David Henderson. There are battles all the way through this field. As again, we've got three cars coming across the start-finish line, juking it out for position. And now Collins is your leader, as we know, in front of Colby. Henderson has got through into third place. He's taken on Lawson and got through. Lawson's dropped back to fifth position. So Lawson has lost some time. Henderson's through. closest through. And now Lawson down to fifth position with Carter still in there in sixth position and Leary and Young scrapping away for seventh place. I'm trying to find a direction to look in that's going to be the best one and I'm running out of base to look in. Absolutely brilliant. You need eyes in the back of your eyes to welcome this one. Absolutely amazing. Collins leading from Colby and here they come out of Goddard's. So Collins and Colby still scrapping away for the lead but Collins does look like he's got the legs on Colby at the moment. Here they come again. And Track Limits has now been given a warning to Simonite. So the 35 has been given a warning. That's Matthew Simonite. So uh, he's had a bit of a ticking off there from the stewards. And now, oh, we've got another spinner. That's the 82. That's the Blink Motorsport car. That is Westgate. So Alexander Westgate has already had a few issues. And now he is down the order. Whoa, out of Goddard's. That's not the racetrack, I'm afraid to say. Uh, Number 21, uh, Lawson losing even more time as he uh, almost loses the place to Simmons. And we've got three cars, a few up the road, uh, scrapping away for position. That is Tucker, Collins and Bailey. Almost... Uh, locking wheels together in red gates. So there is absolutely no correct direction to look in at the moment. If you pick a corner, you will find some action on it. That is how close it is in the Master MX5 Championship at the moment in Group B. So Colby out in front, uh, very briefly. Now it is Collins again. So Collins, Colby, Henderson, Close, Lawson, And Carter, there goes 96, Lawson. He makes the move on close into McLean's. Very nicely done. And up into fourth position. But it's not going to be long before close gets him back again. He is swarming around as they go into Coppice Corner. Hasn't quite worked out yet. 5 and 20 on the clock. Collins still leading. Colby in second. And the gap between them in terms of consistency on lap times. Collins has taken about four tenths of a second out of his rival on the last lap. So Collins again with Colby right on the tail. Colby's coming straight back at him. He's taking a tenth out of him on the last lap. And he's going to go to the left side. Can Colby find a way right round the outside to Redgate? No, he's not quite close enough. But he's definitely thinking about it. Henderson third, Lawson fourth from close. Carter, Young, Leary, Tucker and Collins is the order. But here comes that battle for ninth position down the straight. Tucker, Collins, Bailey and Orange in the 67 is in there in 12th place as well. So they continue to squabble it out. Ninth position on the run. It is Bailey hanging on in front of Tucker and Craggs. It looks as though Craggs is going to try and make a move on the exit here for Tucker. On the exit of Redgate. They both drifted a little bit wide. Oh, and that's a big off for the 17. That's Lindsay. Lindsay's gone straight on at Redgate. He gets he got back onto the circuit, but he's lost a big chunk of time. And then that, well, that was a bit like uh, balancing on a spinning plate there for Lindsay. Just about managed to catch it. And I think there's been some contact for Henderson and slinging it up the inside goes the 47 of Crags to take on the 107 of Bailey into the old hairpin. I think Bailey's got some accident damage on the car because uh, it appears that the wheel is rubbing on the bodywork and it's causing a bit of an issue. So uh, Bailey has lost two places on the last lap. Well, call it three very nearly because the 67 of Orange is trying to come through as well now. The uh, 67 of Simon Orange is trying to make the move as well. Hasn't quite made the move yet as they come to Coppice. Three minutes and 40 left. Collins still leading from Colby. They've just managed to lap the 85 of McDonald. But now the battle for third position is starting to settle down. Henderson has got clear. Fourth position still up for grabs, though. And side by side again, Lawson and Close. With Close just a whisker in front by 0.020. It looks as though Lawson is going to try and crowd him out towards Redgate, though. Round the outside. Holding it for the inside line goes close. And Lawson's missed his turning point by just a fraction. And that's enough to keep Lawson back in fifth position as far as close is concerned. So he remains in fourth place. Still great battles all the way down this field. Particularly this scrap for ninth position between Craggs, Tucker and Bailey. With Orange in that little mix as well in 12th position. Simon Orange doing a cracking job. And still these drivers are trying to cling to the race circuit for dear life here but the cars keep spitting them out. They are very, very greasy and slippery at the best of times. And now the lead battle is really heating up. Collins is having to park his car in the middle of the circuit as they go to Coppice to keep uh, Colby at bay from going either left or right. It is now major defence mode. They pulled out a gap of 12 seconds. It's now time to battle for the lead, and Colby is attacking big time now. Two minutes and 20 on the clock. Here comes Colby side by side with Collins as they come down to the braking zone for Goddard. He's on the left, so he's not on the right side to get the move done. But is that going to put Collins on the back foot? Here comes Colby, down the straight, towards him once again. He is catching him when he's in the slipstream. He is absolutely mighty. So he's got an opportunity to get into the lead. Once again, Collins is parking his car to the middle of the circuit until they get to the braking zone. And then he drifts back to the apex, back to the racing line. So it is going to be tricky for Colby to get one over on Collins again. But if, it's, well, if any championship, you can see that kind of move repeating time and time again. It's this one. They're down the crater curves once again. Colby in tow with Collins and down the main straight. Simon Orange and uh, Bailey having an absolutely cracking battle side by side as they come across the line again with Orange just in front of Bailey who drops down to 12th place. On and off on the exit of Goddard's. That's a big off there for one of the, I think that is the 35 that's gone. Yes, it is indeed. So the 35 of Simonite, who's already been uh, ticked off and given that uh, slap on the wrist with a ruler by the officials for track limits. He needs to be careful to actually stay on the racetrack. So still, Collins and Colby. One minute and ten seconds on the clock. And Colby is reeling in Collins again (laughs) through Coppice. He needs to get a good exit off the turn. We're getting close to the last lap now. We're about to start the last lap, in fact. And Colby has got Collins right in front of him. It's now or never, really, to try and get this overtaking move done. Down towards Goddard's once again to start the final lap. Collins is tentative under braking. He's going to get a lot of curve on the exit and he's not quite as fast off the exit of the turn as Colby. Here comes Colby. He is reading him in once more. Down to Redgate. Collins parks his car to the inside line. Colby tries for the inside. Can't get there. Goes for the outside line. He's going to try and beat him to the braking zone. He's going to hold it round the outside of Redgate. Collins is going to be very tight to the inside and it's going to be the run down to the old hairpin through the crane of curves that really dictates how this race is going to play. We're on the last lap and colby is trying to reel in collins but collins has been masterful in defense of this race colby has set his personal best the 127 680 and it's three wide on the main straight absolutely amazing battle going on for 12th place here between lawson collins and bailey and two cars have been given a five second penalty for track limits now that is westgate The 82, he's been given a penalty, and so too has Perfetti. So it's not one of the leaders, but there is still battles all the way through this field. So where are Collins and Colby? On the circuit, they are up towards Coppice for the last time. And it looks to me as though they're going to get a slower car in front. But Collins has been almighty on this last lap. He's been able to put a qualifying lap in. And that is Colby running out of opportunities here. I think he's too far back. He's not going to get this. Collins is going to take the victory here. Colby has done everything he can. But it is going to be the five of Richard Collins from seventh on the grid. He's going to come through to take the victory. Out of the final turn, Richard Collins is going to be the winner. Brilliant try. Brilliant race. Brilliant victory. fantastic for richard collins that was a mighty effort to keep colby at bay hands out of the car and he acknowledges his rival in battle there colby in second place and third position he's gonna go to close how about that he waited till the end and michael close gets that third position so amazing battle all the way to the death then for
11: step into the world of power loyalty
10: anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. no purchase necessary btw group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
5: richard collins graham colby and michael close absolutely astonishing once again action drama and death-defying racing skills thy name is mazda mx5 championship on the brscc once again they entertain us royally In only the way that a Mazda MX-5 grid knows how. Absolutely fantastic. Race Day Live on Downforce Radio. He's
9: tapping out a message on his back bumper in Braille, and that message is, get the hell out of my way. I want my lead back.
1: Stay tuned. More great races coming up on Downforce Radio.
8: For all the best racing news and features, Stock Car Magazine has everything you need. Featuring the latest pictures and results for Brisker Formula 1, V8 Hot Stocks, Formula 2, National Saloon Stock Cars, Mini Stocks and more, including interviews with world champions, top drivers and racing legends. What to watch and where to go for the country's top oval racing action, all inside Stock Car Magazine, £4.80 every month. Plus, full-length DVDs of all Brisker Formula 1 events, available trackside at any Brisker F1 race meeting. Head to Facebook.com forward slash Stock car Magazine for more details. Stock Car Magazine, proudly presenting Brisker at its best.
1: Stopwatch Hospitality are specialists in behind the scenes motorsport hospitality. Enjoy private viewing locations at Silverstone, Brands Hatch, and Donington Park. Our packages start from just £20 per person. That's right, just £20 per person. With a wide variety of services for race events, track and test days, driving experiences, birthdays, and F1 parties. With Stopwatch Hospitality, everything's arranged except the result from gate entry tickets up to the very best hospitality at race events. So call us now on 01959 509 098. That's 01959 509 098. Or visit our website at stopwatchhospitality.com.
2: Think you know more about motorsport than anyone else? Here on Downforce Radio, we have just the show for you. So questions, the most trivial topics and a few laps along the way await you in our monthly trivia panel game, Wheel Notes with British motorsports best pundits, geeks and brain boxes pitting their wits in the ultimate nerd-off, the occasional celebrity guests to challenge our regular teams. So join Jake Sanson and the Downforce team on the fourth Tuesday of every month. Free to download via Spreaker, iTunes or YouTube, only on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station.
4: Go, 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 go! Ah, oh, he's gone around! He's gone around. I don't believe it! I do not believe what I'm seeing here! This is a simply unbelievable development. And this, folks, is the big one.
5: This
1: is Race Day Live on Downforce Radio.
5: Race of the day. I think it's a fair bet at the moment. Absolutely incredible battle from the Mazda MX-5 Championship Group B. And our top three is down here in the pits at Donington Park after an absolutely sensational dogfight. Let's catch up with the man in third position, uh, Michael Close. Michael, you really had to wait until the very
2: bitter end to get that move done. I did, yeah. Um, David's a good friend of mine, so I didn't want to end up turfing him off. and I wanted a nice clean pass, so I really had to pick my moment to get past him. But uh, in all honesty, I thought I was battling for fifth. So it was really nice to get uh, push into third place when I, was, when I come into the, the paddock.
5: Absolutely fantastic battle, and that obviously sets things up very nicely for tomorrow as well.
2: Yeah, it'll be my first ever air race. I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed to bits. Honestly, I can't tell you how happy I am. really am.
5: Good job, mate. Well done.
2: Thank you very much, Jazz. So, uh, Michael
5: Close in third place, and there's already some celebrations down there as a result of that. Let's chat up with Gra- Graham Colby after uh, an absolutely fantastic battle. Graham, it was so hard to get past him, and you really looked as though you had the moves at one point.
12: Well, I knew uh, Rick was going to be strong. He, uh, I, I, I think he qualified in the A group, but he, uh, he had a, a penalty from the last uh, meeting, so I knew he was going to be quick, and uh, I saw him behind me. I held him off from... For, uh, quite a few laps but he got past me and uh, yeah I kept in the toe of him but on the the last lap I was going to go for a lunge uh, in the bottom here but uh, unfortunately I lost the toe and I just uh, wasn't close enough to him so really really good race. How
5: much grip is there on the outside at Redgate because you seem to favour that positioning at the moment. (laughs) Well it
12: seems to work for me out there so uh, if there's grip I'll go there.
5: (laughs) Fantastic mate good job. Lovely thank you. Well, after an absolutely cracking battle, it's Richard Collins. What an amazing race. What an amazing battle.
2: That was just epic. I really, really enjoyed that. And as Graham said, uh, well, thanks very much for the racing to start with because it was just good fun all the way through. Nearly clean. Uh, A couple of knocks, uh, trying to battle my way through to get just behind Graham, but uh, once we would towing each other and whatnot it was just good fun all the way
5: and an absolutely cracking race that sets things up perfectly for tomorrow when you'll be in the a race
2: yeah well hopefully uh, i'm looking forward to that uh, it's going to be a little, little bit more difficult in the a i would imagine but uh, look forward to tomorrow and of course the car seems to be absolutely on song. you seem to be really really strong in the draft today yeah it's uh, it's nice when i was watching graham and obviously looking for his any weak points that he might have and i'd sort of worked out where he was a little bit weak which was going into Redgate, which is obviously where i took him but then in the meantime, he'd worked out where I was weak and he kept on coming back at me. So it was a bit of uh, you know, a bit of cat and mouse all the way through. Fantastic job, Richard.
5: Fantastic victory. Well done. Thank you very much. So really, really close quarters action there from the Mazda MX-5 Championship. Again, they're so good at this. They always put on a spectacular show and it really is exciting to see. And if you thought... That was all you're getting from uh, BRSCC Saturday on finals day at Donington Park. Think again, the Mighty Minis are on track next. And, uh, well, you might need a bit of an energy shot just to keep up with it. And the Mighty Minis have been absolutely fantastic all season long. Both championships up for grabs there as well with the uh, Mighty Minis, cha- uh, Manty Minis Championship coming down to the wire between uh, Liam Sullivan and Braden Fletcher. The Super Mighty Minis are just four points separating Scott Kendall and Jamie White. So there's a lot to play for coming into this one. And there's a lot of drivers out there who feel they've got what it takes to get the job done. So plenty of action right around the corner. The Super Mighty Minis are making their way round the warm-up lap.
3: Hi, I'm Matt Neal. You're listening to Downforce Radio. R-A-D-I-O
1: Downforce Radio This is Race Day Live
5: Well, it's time for the Super Mighty Minis Championship. Roger Tello has joined me up in the commentary box and we've got an incredible grid of drivers about to do battle on track once again. It is Jamie White and Ian Slark on the front row. Scott Kendall and Dave Reese on the second. Alex Comis and Steve Dawson on row three with Anthony Ford there in seventh position in row four. And Scott Kendall of course leads the championship by just four points. Jamie White has been pretty much invincible all year long when the car has worked but unfortunately too many times today it hasn't. So the Red Come on, and we're away racing in the Super Mighty Minis. 20 minutes of race action. Who is going to get one step closer to that championship? At the moment, Ian Slark has got the best getaway down to the first corner, and Jamie White is already on the back foot. Kendall is going to try and come through as well, but it looks like Reese is stronger to his left, and now he cuts across. Great battle, and there's almost three wide on the way through. There may only be seven of the Super Mighty Minis out there, but my word, they don't have know how to put on a show as down the straight, once again, through the Hollywood and down towards... Uh, the crane of curves. It looks as though White has actually been able to get himself back into position in front of Slark. Slark has dropped back into third position, so that leaves the championship battlers, White and Kendall, doing an absolutely cracking job out in front. So it is them first and second. White in front of Kendall, Slark is there in third. So despite that uh, quick start from Ian Slark, they have already got rid of their opponents, at least for the moment. Ian Slark won't like being dropped back down the order, though. So through they come, up towards McLean's, and then through up to Coppy's corner, up the climb. And this is where we're going to start seeing our first proper slip streaming manoeuvres. Third position is up for grabs as Reese goes up the inside, trying to make the move on Ian Slark, and that is delaying the battle for third position as they try and chase after White and Kendall. But those two are away and clear. Here comes Ian Slark alongside Reese, but Reese has got the position here. He's being dragged along by Dawson, who's going to try and nip up to fourth position on the inside line. Very tasty manoeuvre there from Dawson. He slips through into P4, and as they complete the first lap, it is now Scott Kendall who's got past White. That is interesting. Kendall has made the move on Jamie White to take the lead. White is going to come straight back and into the first corner. Wait for it, chaps. Hold your breath, because there might be three of them into the first corner as Reese is trying to get himself in there as well, but White has got through. Kendall is already trying to get him back on the run through the crane of curves. Roger, absolutely fantastic stuff in the early stages. Well,
12: very much typical of Mighty Minis, as you know. Um, unfortunately, we've got a fairly small grid here. A lot of the guys went out to do the 24 hour endurance race at Spa, and at Cadwell Park, we had a couple of cars come together, so I think being at the end of the season, they just thought, okay, we'll throw the towel in and fight again next year. So it's rather sad that we should end the season with such a poor grid but as you know it's mighty minis you can race with two cars and still be very entertaining
5: well, I have to say, considering that we've got two drivers fighting for the championship and they are battling for first and second place at the moment, that exact scenario is playing out. Reese in third place. Dawson, I think, has slipped to fifth position again behind Ian Slark with Comis and Ford not far away. As you say, a real shame because uh, all you need is one or two Kirkpatricks into the mix and then you've got proper fireworks, Bonzo style. This would be an absolutely magnificent battle. But I have to say, from first place back to seventh after one lap is only two seconds, and I wouldn't be surprised if. After two laps, it'll only be two and a half. This is an absolutely cracking battle as Ian Slark again tries to outdrag Dave Reese on the run to Goddard's, and he's got him on a straight line. Reese locks up and into the side of Dawson. Somehow
12: Dawson manages to catch it. That is amazing car control. That's why we call him awesome Dawson. Steve actually raced with us when we first started racing in Mighty Minis, many, many years well 20 years ago, and he actually came through from grass tracking. We were always really amazed at his ability to hang on to a car, no matter which direction it was pointing. And as we just saw there, he did exactly the same thing. He got a little tap. It's just one of those things, chasing into a corner, a little tap from, um, from Dave Reese. Thankfully, it was awesome Dawson, and he held it, and as you can see, no, no time lost at all. However, the fight that's going on for third is a typical scenario that we've got, whereby it's actually letting the other two go, go away from them. And you'll see they'll, the, the two front drivers will actually play the clock against each other and not actually upset each other. Now what they're going to try and do is drive away from the rest of the pack and then have a ding dong later on in the race.
5: Very similar to what we see in the worlds of national karting as well. It's a very similar strategy. And these cars are, of course, dirty great go-karts with a shell, of course, in terms of the uh, chassis, in terms of the com- uh, disparity between them all. It is a one-make championship and it is fantastic to watch these guys battling. Combe is currently sat in seventh position. Reese is just in front of him in sixth place. He was third a couple of corners ago, don't forget. So it is going to battle and change all the way throughout. And even though there's only seven on the grid, That doesn't make a difference to the action and the quality of the racing. It is going to be very close, indeed, all the way. Now, Ian Slark has managed to break clear just a little bit in third place, and that could set himself up for the podium as early as five minutes in. However, slinging it up the inside, Comis has put Reese to the back of the field. He was battling for the lead on the first corner. Now, he is down in seventh position, but he won't stay there long if I know Reese. And he is going to be pushing it hard. Here comes Kendall again to try and take the lead off. Jamie White into Redgate corner. Slings it up the inside. Beautiful textbook maneuver. But Jamie White isn't done yet. He's going to try and get the cut back and get back onto the inside line for Hollywood. And Kendall didn't realize he was going to come that quickly. Here comes White. He gets straight back through again. They've swapped positions in as many corners. Two moves for the lead in as many turns. This is Super Mighty Minis all over.
12: Absolutely. Jake, you've been around the circuits. You've seen this again and again and again. And if you, we're concentrating on the two front cars at the moment. This is what we've got on the screen here. But as you can see, with the four or five other cars down at the back, it's exactly the same thing that's going on. What we must say that this is actually Dave Reece's last meeting in a, in a Supermight, meeting. he's planning to throw the towel in at the end of the year. So I dare say he's got nothing to lose. And, and he will actually be the fly in the ointment and the guy that's actually probably going to make a mess of the race. However, we can see that Ian Slark's managed to break away from them. And it's actually bridging the gap to the 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 leaders so this is the 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 first as four cars battle out for fourth position
5: and the one who gets left at the back is going to be the man in last place but there is nothing between them at this point absolutely incredible and while we're watching these four the man who's just set the fastest lap is the man sat in no man's land in third place ian slark not being held up by anything able to get good temperature into the tires and brakes and he's put in a cracking lap a 128 833 quicker than both the men in front of him and that's dropped the gap down to just 1.8 between him and the race leader, Jamie White, although Kendall is now stepping up the attack. Ian Slark, look, he's dropped the leading four, he's dropped the four behind, and he is on a charge. Never mind the championship fight, you guys can battle for that. I want to win a race here. He is absolutely gunning for it, and Comis, up to fourth place now, has got Ford, Dawson, and Reese breathing down his gearbox, having an absolute ding-dong of a race for fourth position, these four, an absolutely incredible quartet, as that, again, has a little bit of a look to Comis, not a serious threat, but that's enough of a warning sign in his rearview mirror. I'm coming.
12: You better fill out your A-game. Yeah. Well, the, the, just interestingly, um, we were talking about the drivers going off and doing the 24-hour race last weekend at Spa, and Ian Slark was one of those drivers. So if, if he's been driving a Mini for 24 hours or racing in the 24-hour race, I dare say he's he knows how big a Mini is by now. And here we see him taking the race to these guys. Now, what the four guys need to do at the back is stop fighting with each other and actually work themselves and try and close that gap to the to the leaders. And this is what it is. They're all trying to lead that four car fight at the back well
5: try and tell a racing driver not to race have you tried that recently
12: (laughs) absolutely i I know what it's like myself red mist and all that sort of stuff
5: (laughs) these guys having an absolutely incredible scrap towards the back of this race but uh, they're battling for the last four positions in the race and that is worth fourth position in this one and it is still incredibly close the top three meanwhile are tightening up and it is all because of the incredible pace of Ian Slark. He's done it again on a 128 7 compared to the two guys in front of him on 129 6s. Slark is absolutely gunning for them now. He has absolutely dropped the hammer and he is chasing after these two. This is the man to watch the 15 Ian Slark in third position. Never mind the two drivers battling for the championship. Look in your rearview mirrors boys because this guy is not interested in winning a championship. He knows he can't. He's too far back to get that done. What he has got in mind though is ending the season on a high and he's only interested in
12: one thing and that's the top step well he won the the standard mighty minis race championship here last year in exactly the same race he had the same sort of style he was having a ding-dong battle and in fact going into the last race he was only one point or there was only one point between the two protagonists that was paul lynch and himself and uh, fantastic we see the same attitude here today it's all all all, for all or nothing absolutely incredible race action and again uh,
5: Jamie White holding on to this advantage from Kendall and they're both suddenly realizing they've looked in the mirrors and they've seen how quickly Slark is coming and they go right okay enough of this we need to step on this now because Ian Slark is reeling them in and he's uh, well they've only just set a lap quicker than him for the first time in about four tours uh, White on a one, Kendall 129.2 Slark 129.3 and the other four behind well they're in a different time zone by comparison all on 130s and they're still scrapping away all taking personal bests i should point out on that last lap so they are going as fast as they've gone in the entirety of the race and the gap back to seventh place is only just over 10 seconds so it is still an incredibly close field but now kendall is starting to get on with it he's a lot closer to jamie white than he has been in previous laps
12: well, this, this is playing into Ian Slark's hands. As you saw, they were, they were caught napping in the sense that they didn't use that breakaway that they got. Instead, they started fighting with each other, which has allowed Ian Slark to catch up with them. Now that Ian Slark's there, he can actually pick up the pieces, so to speak. Not necessarily if there's contact, but the fact that the two of them would start concentrating on each other's battle, because that's for first and second in the championship. It's, it's very simple to watch, the, watch for the gap. It'll, it will appear at some point, and you just nail, that, nail your car into the hole, and, and this is where Ian's sitting quite pretty at the moment.
5: Well, here comes Kendall. He's going to try and throw it out the inside. White is going to try and hold it round to the outside.
4: Kendall's still there to the outside line. They're side by side, battling for victory. And here comes Ian Slark. Slark has got plenty of pace on this one. The three minutes together, absolutely storming to the first corner. Ian Slark might split them here. Kendall's already through. He's actually nudging him further forward. Jamie White is going to try and hold it round the outside. Slark's nose is cut across there. Jamie White's still
5: there on the outside line at Red Gate. Absolutely amazing. And still, Ian Slark is trying to ruin the party as they go down down Hollywood, down the crane of curbs, through the right, through the left. It is going to be incredibly close as Ian Slark has split them. Kendall is now your leader. Slark in second, White in third, and Jamie White is going to be hopping mad in car number one right now.
12: Well, yeah, this is, this is bad news for Jamie. After be- being so successful all year, we can see sk- Kendall's... That's, that's, that's exactly what I was talking about, of the fact that they're concentrating in each other, and you saw Ian Slark just nail his car onto the back of, uh, back of Scott Kendall, which <laughs> allowed him through, and three abreast coming oh,
4: through. my him. word, there's th- three, three wide very nearly for the lead of this race. I've seen some super-mighty-mini races in my time. This one's just turned the dial to 11. Amazing.
5: Kendall White and Slark absolutely going at it, hammering tongs. And they are trying to prove that even with a seven car field, you'll get more excitement out of one lap of this than you get in an entire year in Formula One. Absolutely sensational. Down the straight, past the museum, Jamie White pops out of the slipstream again, taking Ian Slark with him as they go down towards Goddard's. Slark is taking White while White is taking Kendall. He's going to lock up big time Ian Slark. He almost goes into the back of Kendall as they come through towards Goddard's. But Jamie White has got past both of them there and taken back the lead. At the end of the last lap, he was in third, but he got the exit slightly. Wrong, and that means now that Kendall is going to pop out and go straight for the inside line. Jamie White does not resist, but he's going to try and get that undercut if he gets the braking zone right for Redgate. No, he beats into the braking zone. That is very skillful moving there from Jamie White. Kendall had the run and definitely had the speed, but Jamie White dared him to the braking zone and uh, found a very good line to the outside
12: of Redgate to hold the line. That is brilliant driving from Jamie. What you're probably seeing now is Ian's cooked his tyres trying to catch them, and now that he's with them, he's got to try and let the tyres cool down. <laughs> so this is why you probably you find that Ian's actually dropping off. It's incredible, because surely, Scott, he must have seen um, Jamie White coming there, and to, to, to not close the gap into, into the S's was just crazy. But anyway, as we can see, the fight goes on. Still seven minutes left in this race. Eight
5: laps done, and probably about five or six left. And this is going to be so close to call. And don't forget, these are the last two races of the season with just four points separating Scott Kendall in the lead and Jamie White in second. But this is the most important race meeting of the season for these two. Jamie White has been pretty much invincible when his car has been working. And Scott Kendall has been able to pick up the pieces when it hasn't. And that is what has put Kendall in front by four. But Jamie White really needs a perfect weekend here. But he's not going to get one because Scott Kendall is really going to push him to the end the limit. Ian Slark is coming back now. He's spent a lap just trying to get the car back under control, get the tire temperature sorted again, and he's got him. Now Kendall is gonna go left. White is gonna make him go left. He's gonna try and keep the car parked in the middle of the circuit. The only problem is these cars are so small. If you park in the middle of the apex, you can still fit three to the left of you. So he's not gonna have enough space to maneuver to uh, keep him back if Kendall is coming. Scott Kendall tries to switch back. Jamie White shuts the door beautifully on the inside line there. You are not coming past Bucko. This is a championship I feel I've already lost in my mind. I'm going to get it back by hook crook or by crook. And Ian Slark drifts wide through
4: the crane of curves. Kendall, the back end, steps out. These guys are pushing it right to the ragged edge.
12: Fantastic. And you can see that little mistake by Kendall just let White off the hook. And he's actually pulled out slightly. And we know that essentially Ian's playing a waiting game. They still have five minutes left in this race or almost six minutes. And watch this come alive in the next, next minute or two come alive.
5: <laughs> come, really? It's going to come alive. Oh, has it been boring up until now? Yeah, I'd rather. <laughs> Blimey. So up towards uh, McLean's and Coppies, they come once again. These three still scrapping the position. Jamie White in front of uh, Scott Kendall and then Ian Slark breathing down the neck. For as far as Ian Slark is concerned, it's game on because he doesn't have anything to lose at this point. He's going to be third position in the championship fight, whatever happens. He's not going to catch up with Kendall. He's not going to catch up with Jamie White. So he wants to end the season on a high and he is a real spanner in the ointment if these two were on their own it would be much more simple just to continue to push away and wait but now they're actually having to fight with each other to keep Ian Slark behind them and so they're actually having to it's kind of they're not working together as they probably would have done
12: until two to three minutes to go they're actually saying come on man he's gonna get us you need to put your foot down here Exactly, no slouching and waiting for the, for, for the end game. This is fight on, and, and we can see it will settle back down. You can see Scotty Kendall's close back up onto the Jamie, Jamie White there, going through Redgate. But if, Jamie White's holding him off down the crane of curves, and it look, does, does look as though Ian will come back into play any time shortly. But the four-car race that we see going on in the back is still led by Alex Comis, a winner here um, a couple of years ago in the dark, in the wet. So Alex knows the circuit quite well, and it does, it's no surprise to see him at the front of that little quartet having a right old ding-dong. Oh, Dawson and
5: Ford almost. Men- banging wheels on the run down the Craner Curves one of the toughest parts of the circuit to go wheel to wheel and they both hang on to it Dawson now popping up in a 5th position in front of Ant Ford and then 7th position is car number 7 right now it's Reese, Dave Reese, still there in 7th place trying to hang on to the battle but these, these 4 are covered by just over a second and there is an absolute disparity between them again a massive 4 wheel drift there for Dawson mid corner and somehow he catches it without losing time on momentum and
12: that's actually brought him a tiny bit closer to Comis. Maybe everyone should try it. Well, as you go back to the front now, you can see this fight that's Ian Slark is actually upsetting Scotty so badly now that Jamie White's managing to get away. Exactly what Scotty doesn't need. However, um, being that the fact that Ian Slark's got the fastest lap, they still go into the next race tomorrow if they finish like this with Scotty leading with Jamie White having to fight for it. But so it's still game on. Absolutely incredible. Two battles at two ends of the grid. And Comis again
5: trying to shut the door firmly on Dawson. Meanwhile, Slarky has caught right up to the tail of White and Kendall, who again tighten up at the front. Ford is now taking on Dawson. This couldn't be better scripted for us up here in the commentary box or for you guys in the spectator stands, because we might have seen two guys spend most of the time just running away and then having two minutes worth of action. Now we're going to get the full 20, because Ian Slark is reeling them in big time and making them work for it. Come on, we don't want a decent... Uh, race finish. We want a glorious one. So let's push it all the way to the death. Absolutely incredible stuff so far and uh, absolutely magic result is in the offing here as Dawson again uses plenty of kerb to the inside of the Craners and Ford is trying to chuck it up to the inside of the old hairpin. Dawson has to back out of it and Ford is through in the fifth position, drifts a little bit wide. Dawson's still there in sixth position and still has speed and momentum so he could get it back again fairly soon but it is going to be so close in this battle. How many more moves can we see in this race? Genuinely, genuinely astonished at the quality. This is the race that just keeps on giving here at Donington Park. Super Mighty Minis are exciting at the best of times. This one has just gone nuclear. Absolutely amazing. And down to the Goddard's Esses once again come our three leaders. White, Kendall and Slark still scrapping away. And Slark has tightened up the gap once again. Down to about half a second between first and third. There is nothing to choose between them. We go into the final two. Two minutes of the race, two laps to go, and again, Kendall is going to need to find something special to take on White into the apex of the corner. He tightens up for the inside line, Stark is still there with him in third position. The battle for fourth is incredible still, Comis Ford, Dawson, Reese, and they are one uh, line astern as they come through. Reese pops out, Ford pops out to the left, they both go the same way around, trying to go around the outside into Redgate, and you could cover all four cars with a blanket right now and probably still have room for manoeuvre, they are that close absolutely magnificent battling in this one out of Hollywood down the Craner curves come the battle for fourth position but out in front, White, Kendall and Slark are incredibly close to each other. There is barely any time to do anything about it and Ford has made a very bold move towards Comis mid-crater curves. Hasn't quite been able to get the traction off the turn through the old hairpin to throw it up the inside for a move. Meanwhile, the leaders are disappearing up towards Coppice for the penultimate time and it is now or never for these guys. They're going to have an absolutely incredible scrap for position. Comis, Ford, Dawson and Reese still scrapping away for fourth position and that is anything but done at the moment they're still scrapping away but we're about to start the final lap of racing here in the super mighty minis first race this is only the first race this isn't even the last race of the season here they come and it's white kendall and slark here they come one lap to go at the end of this one so just one lap left for this uh, first race of the two in this incredible championship showdown. Kendall just in front of White in
4: the points. But here we go. Kendall's going to throw it out the inside into Redgate. White is not going to let him get there. Amazing battling. White holds it to the outside line and holds the position. Here comes Kendall. Slark's going to get past both of them. Slark's going to go up the inside and take the lead. Ian Slark leads. Absolutely amazing. Ian Slark has taken the lead, but they're still side by side for the championship battle. Absolutely amazing. Bang doors in the crater curves. Absolutely amazing. Kendall to the inside of the old hairpin. Jamie White's still there around the outside. <laughs> They've been side by side for about a quarter of a lap and they're still going. Up Starkey's still side by side. Slarky's leading and they're still side by side. White and Kendall. This is amazing. Up towards the right hander. Kendall's there on the inside. White is going to carry the speed. He's still there on the outside line. I don't believe it. They are still scrapping and now White finally pops up in front of Kendall. This is going to be the most Sensational last lap in Super Mighty Mini's history. Absolutely amazing. Slarky is still out in front. White has dropped Kendall, and now he's going to charge. He, this is a great opportunity for White. If he could beat Slark and Kendall, he's going to get level on points. He's going for it. White is going to try and get past Slark. He's beaten into the breaking zone. Jamie White is going to get the victory. Oh, up on two wheels, Slark. He just about manages to catch it. Kendall's coming around the outside. Jamie White's going to get this from Slark and Kendall. And this drama in the four cars behind two. Here they come. Ford stripped it out wide. Comis is going to get him for the line. Comis is going to get him. Just, just gets there for fourth place. Oh my word. I've commentated on some races in some far flung co- corners of the globe. That one has just beaten everything. Absolutely amazing. Easily the race of 2015.
5: I charge you to find a better motorsport race in any form of motor racing anywhere on the planet. That was absolutely sensational right the way to the finish. I genuinely am absolutely flabbergasted. I love Super Mighty Minis and Mighty Minis anyway, and they always put on a good show. But that, my friends you'll be telling your grandkids about that one. Absolutely sensational. And Jamie White has taken a massive plunge forward to retaining his title. He needed to win. He had to win. And he did it in absolutely unbelievable fashion. The winning margin, 0.011. Unbelievable.
8: Oh, scrap, for second place!
1: Someone will go off, someone will make contact. Wow,
3: what a save! This is Race Day Live on Downforce Radio. The Circuit Raceway. Two amazing indoor kart tracks in one location. But now for the corporate events, stag and hen parties, kids groups, and even those wanting to race a Grand Prix. Arrive and drive sessions from just £13 for 15 minutes, or Grand Prix's for groups from £35 per driver. Find us at Engineers Park on Babbage Road, Sandycroft, in Flintshire. With an easy access to Liverpool, Manchester, Warrington, Cheshire and Shropshire. So come race with us or see if you can smash our lap record. Call now on 01244 531 652 or log on to thecircuit.co.uk. The Circuit Raceway. 900 metres of pure fun.
9: Mission Motorsport is run by veterans, serving officers and motorsport professionals. We are appointed as the combined services official providers of adaptive motorsport seeking wherever possible to merge the activities of the disabled and those in need with able-bodied servicemen and women. Appointed by the British Army Motorsports Association and operating in direct support of the defence recovery capability, Mission Motorsport provides respite, Rehabilitation, recreational opportunities, and training to those affected by military operations within the frame of motorsport. To support us, you can volunteer, fundraise, or donate by calling 0330-338-338. Mission Motorsport. Race, retrain, recover.
5: Sometimes us commentators find it very hard to pick the right words for races like that. There's only one word for that: sensational. Absolutely incredible. Let's talk to the man in third place. Scott, so close, so tight. I mean, almost a tenth of a second covering you all at the line. That was some race.
2: Yeah, um, obviously it had been nice to have beat the pair of them. I moved too early on the last lap. Um, but when we come in now, I thought, this is Sandy. Ian's on two wheels. We might get around <laughs> him. But no, he seemed to come back across the circuit in my way. But, <laughs> no, um, obviously for tomorrow, we've got it all to do again. And uh, we'll see if we can do any better on the championship.
5: Well, that is an incredible thriller to set us up into the last race of the year. I mean, what can you do to beat them now?
4: Oh, I
2: don't know.
5: Let's see, if Ian, let's see if Ian can get in Jamie's way tomorrow. <laughs> well, fantastic drive, Scott. Well done for third position anyway. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, uh, Ian, I have to say, they could have had it a lot easier today because they've got a championship on the line, but uh, you like to throw a spanner in the ointment every now and then.
2: Yeah, it's a very difficult situation. You don't want to get in their way too much, but... There's a race to win, isn't there?
5: (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. And you very nearly won the whole thing there. It was uh, just Jamie's incredible line that got the job done. I think he had the the line into the game, but then
2: he cooked it. And if I hadn't gone on two wheels, I'd have got the traction to get out of it on time. But he's quick, isn't he?
5: (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Great job, Ian. Fantastic. Cheers. Thanks, Well, that is the most important race win of the year for Jamie White. Jamie, it's not been the easiest of seasons. You've had mechanical maladies and all sorts of problems, but... That was the race of races to win. That must be pretty sensational.
2: Yeah, that one was important. We had to win that one. Um, and I, At one point, I thought that was it. When last lap, when Scotty made his move, and Ian came through as well, I thought, oh, here we go. But I think we spent from Redgate all the way through Craners, up the hill again, all the way side by side. It um, a really good
5: race. Just please come out in front. And that certainly from your point of view, that must be the hardest race you've ever had to win, even in any form of racing.
2: Yeah, with the pressure on and it just we just couldn't get a gap, you know, was, we'd get in front and then they'd get the slipstream and just come alongside again, and then you're defending and trying to attack, it's just
5: hard work. Absolutely incredible drive Jamie, that was in my opinion the best race I've ever seen in Super Mighty Minis. Fantastic job, well done. Thank you. And that sets things up incredibly well for an absolute showdown tomorrow with uh, two absolutely incredible race drivers going ho for glory, Roger,
7: That's,
5: I've seen some Super Mighty Minis races. That took the biscuit.
12: Well, I did tell you it was going to warm up a bit at the end, didn't I? And you said, could it get any hotter than this? Well, oh, there yes. you go. <laughs> and we've got the Mighty Minis coming up earlier, um, a, bit, a bit later on, and I'm sure that they're going to put up equally a good show for everybody. So fantastic. And, Jake, your, your, your commentary is spot on. It's great that you, you, you know the cars so well after all these years. And should we tell the, the, the public what's going on? It
5: would be quite nice to know that, uh, yes, uh, next year, of course, the uh, 2016 season, the Mighty and Super Mighty Minis Championships are going to be official media partners of Downforce Radio and vice versa. So uh, that's pretty exciting stuff.
12: Yeah, it's, it, you've done such a fantastic job with the Downforce Radio over the years. It's just really, really nice to have you on board as our media sponsor. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because we work together so well as well. And I hope that the promotion that we bring for Downforce Radio through our TV coverage that we have on Motors TV, etc., cetera, through, our, through the the channel, RSCC YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, etc., that it brings you a, a, even more exposure for your great efforts.
5: I'll tell you what, if a race like that won't sell it, nothing will. <laughs>
12: <laughs> well, thank, thanks again, and I'll come and join you in the commentary box a bit later on when the Mighty Minis are out.
5: That'd be great. Thanks, Roger. Absolutely sensational stuff, and wow, just wow. There is no other way to sell a championship than that. Absolutely incredible. Well, the HRDC uh, All-Stars are out on track for their half-an-hour sprint, but I'm downstairs while they're on the grid so i'm actually going to miss the start unfortunately if i uh, stay in my current position so uh well i'll try and talk it out as much as possible but uh we'll try and join back up with the all-stars uh with the with the all-stars in just a moment but unfortunately i find myself on the wrong end of the pit lane so we'll try and get that sorted out as soon as is humanly possible we'll uh, keep you up to date with what's going on when i rejoin you Uh, on the loudspeaker so keep an eye on what happens at the first corner I might miss something
3: listening to downforce radio. radio downforce radio
1: this is race day
5: live well the race race has just got underway then in the uh, hrdc all-stars are just managed to run up the stairs in time to witness the drivers leaving from the front of the grid. Leo Boyazidis and Andrew Wolf charging away off the start line. Absolutely cracking start from them. It looks as though they've got a, a good run up to the first corner for the first time. As you can hear, I'm absolutely out of breath. I'm gonna have to let them coast through this first lap and then pick them up probably around lap two, uh, judging by the way things are currently going today. Absolutely incredible drama uh, in the uh, first part of the day so uh, we've got uh, one more race to go uh, after the uh, two more races uh, so no it is only one race to go after this one sorry and then we have two qualifying sessions after that for the BRCC's uh, x school OSS championship and also the Alpha Shop Alpha Romeo championship so uh, a good opportunity then to uh, take a quick pause I'm gonna need to unfortunately otherwise I won't be able to talk you through this race my apologies <laughs> so uh, we'll come back in uh, just a minute I'll allow them to uh, Go through this first lap. Unfortunately, I'm on my own today, so uh, we'll uh, watch them go through the first corners, okay? And then hopefully we'll catch them up in just a few short seconds' time. We'll be back in a bit. It's the Formula Ford Festival. The win for the Walter Hayes Trophy Grand Final is going to
8: go
3: to Wayne Boyd. He takes the victory. I mean, stick a fork in me, I'm done. That was just absolutely outstanding.